now, introducing the man who could be heard last night screaming from the top of the Bromo Seltzer Tower, each team deserves a possession. The NFL is madness, and so is he. He is Len Clark. Oh, man, you want madness. How about shutting down a ramp completely with no warning that everyone needs in order to get to work in the morning? Yep. Thanks a lot for that. Really appreciated that. That's. I apologize. I know we're running late this morning, and uh, certainly was not our plan. Um just a hilarious surprise they threw on us for no reason whatsoever. Didn't appear to be an accident. Just appeared to be a ramp shut down. And it's cool. For some reason, uh, uh, Cold Spring only has uh, an exit if you're uh, uh, going north. There's no Cold Spring exit if you're going south, which, you know, why would there be? That would just be helpful. They were patching the road. Ah, patching the road. I, I saw them, like, taking, like, the guy just stopped his truck, got out, and just started patching the road. Maybe, maybe, no you, maybe you mentioned that ahead of time. Maybe make a nice note to people. Hey, by the way, Monday, ramp's going to be closed. Take Northern Parkway. Nah! Anyway, sorry. I apologize. That really, really, everything else was, was going great. It's a stressful day in general. Like, I got a lot going on. I got a basketball game I got to do tonight, and we are finally, after, after a very long delay, finally taking everything to uh, Helping Up Mission today that you guys so wonderfully donated to us, and um, our friends at the Blue Line Canine are helping us out and, and getting us a trailer, and... Um, I, like I, I feel powerless because we're trying to get it done during the show, <laughs> like which I, means I can't be a part of that process. So just a lot happening. I apologize in advance. Uh, this stuff that was thrown at us uh, this morning that we're dealing with and and trying to make it work. But I am glad that we are finally able to get everything that you donated down to helping up mission. Um, you know, if you say, hey, that that I thought it was supposed to go down there a month ago. It was, unfortunately. We all know what happened in the world, and we just were not able to get in because they have to abide by, like, ordinances and city laws and things along those lines. So don't worry. All, that, all that's good now, and we're going to get everything down there, and you're going to be helping out those in the community who most need it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, that being said, we got a busy show on tap here on a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio coming up this morning. It will be great to have Bradley and Nikki Bozeman back on the program. It's been a very long time. I have missed them. Um, it's just a weird way that the schedule worked out this season, but we're glad to have him back, and we want Bradley Bozeman to be the Walter Payton Man of the Year. So we want you to use the hashtag WPMOY challenge and then the word Bozeman. And if you do, that's a vote for Bradley Bozeman. We will talk to Bradley and Nikki a little bit later on. Also, obviously, I hear their future is a topic of conversation. Uh, speaking of the Ravens, Anthony Levine Sr. and I were tweeting each other on uh, Saturday night. I just saw a tweet that he sent out. I, I know this feels like an eternity ago because of the other things that happened during the course of the football weekend. But as you'll remember, on Saturday night, uh, the Green Bay Packers were eliminated in large part because their special teams are utter garbage i mean just garbage and when uh my friend ken zalas who i love screams bloody murder about the fact that the ravens give away roster spots to special teams players I always say to him like dude it's part of football and while yes i would my the most important thing is to have a good quarterback and good receivers and and good the idea that you don't that you're better off using a roster spot 
on someone who can't help you special teams wise that wouldn't be a starter than you are on a real special teams player i've just never understood that thought process and the packers are the embodiment of why you know you might want to put some amount of priorities so anthony levine senior of course who is a complete special teams ace and has been for the majority of his career sees it and he's tweeting about it and i'm like man i i get it i totally understand we ended up tweeting back and forth for a little while we're going to talk more about it today anthony levine senior is going to check in with us he of course is one of my favorites jalen smith uh baltimore native mount st joe alum former terp he's going to check in with us as well um as he's been taking advantage i know unfortunately deandre ayton coming back has limited uh, his minutes again but when DeAndre Ayton and Frank Kaminsky were out, Jalen Smith was playing extremely well for the Phoenix Suns and looking like a guy who's going to end up making some real money somewhere in this offseason because the Suns did not pick up his option for next year. We'll talk to Jalen Smith about that, a little bit about Mark Turgeon, of course. And Jeremy Kahn joins us this morning as he does every Monday. So very, very busy show. Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. What a day we had at Live Casino and Hotel yesterday. Thank you to those of you that came out and joined us. It was a mob scene. I mean, it was a madhouse inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I have seen few things like it. And it's such a cool atmosphere, particularly like if you don't have a rooting interest in the game, and I did not have a rooting interest. Of course, I had made a few bets, so I had those interests, but I didn't have a rooting interest. I don't like do I do I prefer the fact that Tom Brady is out of the playoffs? Of course. Do I have any emotional feelings towards the Rams whatsoever? Not a one. I have no I am at best neutral towards the LA Rams and you know there is still some like distaste about how that whole franchise came about. I, I wrote about it in my column last week like it's the way that you guys describe Lil Nas X as a music industry plant that's what this version of the Los Angeles Rams are. They were a plant by the NFL. They were forced. This has to happen come hell or high water. If it means we have to give a billion dollars to another city to make it happen, we'll do it. We have to. They're a plant. I don't hate them because of it because, again, teams move. We know a thing or two about that around here. That occurs, and, yes, of course, they were in L.A. before the whole thing. I don't hate them by any stretch of the imagination. But it's hard for me to feel good about them. They don't really have a fan base. It's Los Angeles football fans. There will probably be as many 49ers fans in the stadium on Sunday as there are Rams fans. I don't feel good for them in any way, but they're not Tom Brady, so there's that. So I've got no rooting interest. Everybody's got bets in. The whole place is bedlam. I mean, it was just insane in there as that fourth quarter was unfolding yesterday. Every play elicited. I I felt like I was at the stadium. That's how crazy the scene was because that's what you like about being at a sports book. It's not just that people are rooting for someone. They've got skin in the game. So now every play means something to them. And the live betting that was going on, this is the coolest part about watching games in the FanDuel Sportsbook, 
is the live betting because the Buccaneers on the money line moved as high as about 1400 There was so much money to be made there if you still believe they could come back. And since they have Tom Brady, a lot of people believe they could come back. So as we're talking about it, Rita and I, during the breaks, we're watching people run to the kiosks, run down to the window to put money on the Buccaneers and they're down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter because they've got Tom Brady and there's this belief that they can come back still. At worst, bet against the spread. But a lot of people betting them outright at that point. I happen to know. I, I, I'll just tell you the most worshipful John, grandmaster, John Colson, was like, "Dude, they're at plus twelve eighty. Well, I got to throw at least a few bucks down on that." Um, Rita's boyfriend said to me at one point, "He's like, it's reckless that I'm not putting a hundred dollars on this." And as it turns out, like for a minute, when when they tied it up. He literally grabbed me by the neck. He's like, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I didn't put money on it when you said something. Now, as it turns out, he wouldn't want anything, of course, because the Rams ended up winning the game. But it was a scene, man. Like, what an atmosphere that was. It is unlike any experience you can have watching a game. It's why for years people would tell you, you haven't really experienced the NCAA tournament until you've gone out to Vegas. Well, now you don't have to. You can do it right here in your own backyard. FanDuel Sportsbook, it's awesome. I hit on, I had Cooper Cup as an anytime touchdown scorer, so I did hit on that one, but uh, otherwise it wasn't uh, it wasn't a banner day for your boy. I had a, I had a Gronk anytime touchdown scorer. That that one didn't pan out. I had a, uh, I had the Bucks. That one didn't pan out. But it was still, it was just amazing. It was just an amazing, amazing day, and um, be a great place to hang out for Championship Sunday. Be a great place to hang out for the big game. You got to get an email in if you want to reserve a spot for the big game. Events at SportsSocialMD.com. Events at SportsSocialMD.com or events at LiveCasinoHotel.com. Um, get your table reserved, your spot reserved for the big game. And we're going to be doing more of these events. We had such a good time. Um, we're going to be doing more of these events where we hang out with you and watch games in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. I cannot wait for that. Man, I got to tell you, my dad, yeah. he must have called me six or seven times yesterday. Mm-hmm. During the, the Rams-Buccaneers game, I called him to be like, are you watching this? He turned it off. In the th- he turned it off I no, think because it was, it, it, it was, was twenty seven to three or whatever. No, no, he turned it off because as soon as Cooper Cup fumbled, he said, "Oh, oh the Buccaneers the, are winning." The, he said, "He says to me, the Camels in the tent, the Buccaneers the are going to win this game." In the tent. I've never heard it before. He said, "The Camels I don't in the know tent." What that means the Buccaneers are going to win this game. I can't watch this anymore. Pretty boy Brady, and then he he uh, he turned the game off. <laughs> That's such a weird. Yeah. What is the camels in the tent? I what is that? No I want. I would I like to know. I have Can you no ask him that? I, I would really like to know what the camel in the tent is. It's <laughs> a very. I've never heard that before. I mean, and me either. He texted it to me the camels in the tent. It's sort of. I mean, it sounds kind of like the hay is in the barn, Jerry Sandusky's thing. But I don't. I just never. I don't know where it comes from. I have no idea. If I ever make it in broadcasting, it's gonna be my sign. The camel is the, the tent? tent. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm for it. All right, let's talk about it. Yeah, obviously, the weekend is a whole incredible. Congratulations to uh, Kyle Ottenheimer. Now, I don't know what Satan got in the deal. Like, I hope it was something good. I mean, I don't know exactly what Kyle has to offer in a deal with Satan. Like, I don't think Kyle's soul alone, no offense to Kyle, I just don't think Kyle's soul could be worth it for Satan to do such a deal. But whatever it was that Satan got in return for giving Kyle in four Utter and complete coin flip games this weekend, including one that was literally a coin flip game. 
him to go four for four. I don't know what possibly, what possibly could Kyle have given Satan in that trade. I don't know. I would love to get that answer. I, can you see if we can book Satan for the week? Can you see if he's available? If Satan, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe after I get a call back from DJ Cool. Well, I don't know where things are staying with DJ Cool, but I'll take Satan too. I just like to get to the bottom of what the deal was that Satan gave to Kyle in order to go four for four this weekend. I would just like to know a little bit more in four complete total coin flip football games. It's got to be a, a hell of a trade, man. I just can't imagine. Like the first, if you're Satan, do you take the firstborn, or does it need to be like all of them? Do you need to say, oh, the whole litter is going to have to come my way? Like, what's the trade that you're willing to do that for Kyle, who's not a bad person by any stretch of the imagination, but not necessarily like a, a saint by any stretch of the imagination either, right? Like, I just can't fathom what it would be that would would give Satan the reason to have that the play out the way that it did. Well, it's because Kyle's still allowed to make picks after having passed. So because you think Kyle already paid his price. He's already This was the trade. Yes, he's that already, he he sacrificed his life. I get to win picks, but I've passed. Right, I die, but I end up winning picks anyway. I can't take advantage of the $125 mm-hmm. because again, I'm dead. But I still get to win the picks. That's the deal he did with Satan. That's, that, that's pretty makes makes an amount of sense now yeah. that you're talking about it. It does make an amount of sense. Um, wild weekend, obviously. Wild, wild, wild weekend. The the Tennessee Cincinnati thing. You know, Ryan Tannehill. They they actually they look. They have to ask the question in Tennessee. It's a shame because Ryan Tannehill has largely played really well. Um, since he arrived in Tennessee, but they definitely, I mean, it's the the same thing that a lot of teams are going to look around and see Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, who for some reason, every national writer wanted to pretend like was dead this weekend. Um, every team's got to look around and say, "Are, are we able with what we've got to match up with that? Now, that doesn't mean that you know there's going to be better available. There's only one Aaron Rodgers who may or may not be available. There's you know, one Russell Wilson who we think is on the downside of his career. Um, you know, If you're the team that wants to take a chance on Deshaun Watson, I think it's deplorable, but you know, football's football, and the Kansas City Chiefs have had no problem with deplorable over their last few years, and look, they might win another Super Bowl because of it. It's It's... God awful! It's just retching. Can you imagine that Tennessee Titans roster though with Deshaun Watson? Oh, I get it. I mean, I understand. Like, it, they they absolutely have to think about it. They have to think about it. In the end, Ryan Tannehill has probably played too well for them to actually move on. But there is an argument to be had. I mean, they, look, the game came down to a final field goal, right? Like, it's not as if they got their ass handed to them. The game came down to a final field goal. But everybody in the AFC that doesn't have a high-level quarterback, it's 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 the redux of looking around and seeing Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and wondering to yourself, will our guy be able to break through that? Um, for the Ravens, it happened, right, for a, a little while. And then they decided they didn't need any wide receivers any longer. They were just like, eh, we can just try it without, <laughs> right? So that's on them. They screwed that up. But, you know, it's what it is. We can't do anything about it now. But every team in the AFC has got to look and see the same things. Whereas in the NFC, those quarterbacks are older, right? You're looking at a Matt Stafford. You're looking at an Aaron Rodgers, looking at a Tom Brady. 
Um, Tom Brady, I don't think, and every year we do, could this be the end? I, I don't see any reason to think that's the case. Tom Brady was outstanding this season. There's zero reason for me to think he's going to stop playing football before he's, say, 50 years old. Aaron Rodgers, again, zero reason for me to think he's going to stop playing football unless, like, InfoWars wants to hire him to a very lucrative deal. Um, if I, There's zero reason to think Matt Stafford would want to stop playing football. I mean, he finally got to a place where, like, there's actual football being played. Um, you know, Kyler Murray, maybe, maybe is part of the future, but the NFC is in a different place. The, every single one of these AFC teams has to look around and say to themselves, do, looking at the quarterbacks at the top of the conference, do we believe that we can compete with those guys based on what we have? They're all going to be forced to do it. And some of them might make bold moves because of it, right? This is the, the, the Cleveland Browns, essentially, this is what they're dealing with, where they've got a guy who's better than anything they've had in decades, I mean, in, since since Bernie Kosar, he's better than anything they've had. But is he good enough to compete with the top guys in the AFC? And that's the question they're asking. The same with Miami and Tua Tungavailoa. The same with the Raiders and Derek Carr, who had a very, like, nobody wants to talk about, had an outstanding season this year, Derek Carr. But yet they still have to ask the question. Obviously, the Colts and Carson Wentz, they have to ask that question. Every single one of these teams... The Patriots probably have to ride it out with Mac Jones and, and see if there's a next level that Mac Jones can get to. And I, there was enough that you saw from Mac Jones to say, hey, you're going to have to play that out, but it's a possibility that you waste an otherwise really good eh, good roster for a couple years while he develops into that player because you can tell there's a difference between Mac Jones and Joe Burrow, right? Like Mac Jones is a guy you can win with, but he's closer to Ryan Tannehill than he is Joe Burrow mm-hmm. at the moment. So the Tennessee is going to have to ask themselves that question. Cincinnati, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I can't pretend like I feel great about their chances of going into Kansas City, but they certainly have a chance. They got a quarterback. They can't protect that quarterback, and damn near lost because of it. Um, they probably should have lost because of it, but you know, Ryan Tannehill bailed them out there at the end of the game. They beat Kansas City at, towards the end of the season when Kansas City was still playing for the Wolves. And I and I, I hear you. I just boy, watching that offensive line, knowing uh, Kansas City, some and somehow, some way, Kansas City over the last two weeks feels like they've turned into a different team again. Like that, they just that almost it's the argument of them being bored during the regular season, mm-hmm. right? Like that we're just bored by all of this, and we'll wait until it matters the most. And then we'll go back to being ourselves again. And you're right. just like, Jesus Christ, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not, again, it's definitely not a they can't win by any stretch of the imagination. It's football. Of course they can win. Um, but, man, it's hard to argue against Kansas City at the moment doing what they're doing. And, and they don't have – it's such an – like, I get their defense isn't overwhelming. It's not great. I understand that. But they do still have a front. And they do still have – you know, Frank Clark and Chris Jones going up and against an offensive line from Cincinnati that was was horrible during the course of that game on Saturday. So that's my blush there. The the Green Bay San Francisco thing, you know, I I get it, and we can say it's all about special teams. And the truth is, for the most part, it was about special teams on Saturday night. But as I said last week, like the the bit where the Packers constantly are at home in the playoffs, constantly are at home in the playoffs and can't get the job done is a weird bit. And I, I get we were all having fun dunking on Aaron Rodgers on Saturday night, but we're having two different – this is a different conversation. If you don't like Aaron Rodgers, you certainly enjoyed watching that. It, it is part of his legacy, 
as otherwise one of the most talented quarterbacks to have ever played. Maybe the most talented quarterback until Patrick Mahomes comes along, right? Like, Patrick Mahomes, if we're basing it on talent, has already usurped that. But, you know, he hasn't had the career, the longevity yet that Aaron Rodgers has. Um, Based on that alone, Aaron Rodgers, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But his consistent failures at home in the postseason cannot go unnoticed. Like, we, you can't just pretend like they don't exist. And, yes, this is a good San Francisco defense, but let's not pretend like this is an overwhelming San Francisco defense. This is not monsters everywhere on the field. It's Nick Bosa and good players. There's one really special player on that defense and a bunch of good players. And he couldn't get the job done. That's on him. Plain and simple, it's on him. And, you know, San Francisco got their own weird situation where, like, Jimmy Garoppolo was awful, but, you know, their defense and their special teams were good enough to give him a chance. And who knows what you're going to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo next week. And I certainly believe San Francisco's got a chance to beat the Rams. I, how could you not believe that? But, you know, you, you gotta, your quarterback can't play like that. That can't happen. Like, the idea that you're going to win every game that way by just sort of getting lucky and – you know, no, that's not going to occur. San Francisco has been the Rams' kryptonite recently too. They they haven't had. It's the one team that they haven't been able to kind of get past. I, I'm with you, but it's got to involve Jimmy Garoppolo playing better. Yeah. Like it can't be that Jimmy Garoppolo plays that poorly. Like they, they're just not going to keep winning games that no, way. Absolutely. You're going to run out. You can get you can get away with like one of those, but then at some point, um, you're going to have to have your quarterback play well. Um, so you know it's. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, it's a bummer because that brand of football just isn't exciting. It's just not exciting to watch a team that's, again, they might, maybe they look more like they did in week, seven, uh, week 18. And if they do, that's exciting. That's an exciting brand of football. But if they look like they looked yesterday, there's nothing exciting about that. It was, a t- it was a terrible football game that we have fond memories of because it was close and because it was in the snow. Because it was in the snow, and that made it look pretty, and because it was a close football game. But it was an honestly an awful football game. You, you take the blocks out of that game, and it's a snoozer. You take the blocks out right. of the game, and you're, you're asleep on the couch no, in the third it's quarter. Just awful. Just awful. Um, and then yesterday, obviously, the Rams game, um, you know, I, crazy. Just utterly insane. Utterly, completely crazy. But in the end, the Rams made the play they needed to make. Cooper Cup has been absurd. The Odell Beckham thing, which I admit at the time, I, I thought was a nothing, and I, I was wrong. It was not a nothing. Odell Beckham has made a massive difference, massive difference for the Rams and is a huge part of why they're in this situation, just a huge part of the story as to why the Rams have gotten back here. It's also weird to embrace the Rams because it just feels so much like the Lakers, right? Like just going out and buying guys. Like there's nothing – I get that Matt Stafford individually like has grinded and you can kind of feel good for him because he's been through so much in his career, but it just feels like a team of mercenaries. It just feels like a the Yankees, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we we put a bunch of players together. It's not really a team. Aaron Donald would be the exception to that because he's of course been there for a while, but like it just it just feels fake everything about the rams feels fake it feels like i keep saying like an industry plant what the los angeles rams are but you know they, they made the play when they needed to make the play 
They get to move on because of it, and they're hosting the NFC Championship game. And it all brings us to the big one. It all brings us to what happened last night. The hilarity of how quick everything that just happened is the greatest football game of all time. Right? This is the anytime we watch a good football game, this is the greatest football game I've ever seen. It was a really good football game. Don't get me wrong. It was a very good football game. Was it better than the Raiders Chargers game in week 18? I don't know that. I, I genuinely don't know that. It it was it was it better than the Chiefs Rams Monday night game from a couple years ago that was the greatest Monday night game we had ever seen? I'm almost certain it wasn't, right? Like it was it was really good and really compelling and it was a playoff game so like it was more significant in that way but this is just what we do whenever we're watching something and it's really good it's the as uh, chad duke says everything's either got to be the goat or trash like we have no Mm. it's it's either the greatest thing we've ever seen or it's trash it was a really good football game there's no debate about that and it is of course sullied by this insane rule and it was not my plan for today my plan was to write as I said last night on Twitter, give the Ravens credit. Exactly what they want, they got. The, the dog is wagged. They fired their defensive coordinator at 5.50 on a Friday afternoon, and by the time we get around to Monday, nobody on the planet is talking about it. This is what they do. This is who they are. They nailed it. They nailed it. Nobody's talking about it, and really never will. And by the way, part of that, and I reference it in my comment, there's not really a whole lot I think that needs to be said. As we said when we did slaps in the helmet last week, the defense wasn't good this. That was the side of the ball that wasn't good. Like, we keep pretending like Greg Roman was the problem, and I don't care. We'll get back to that in a second. Um, the defense was the bad unit on this football team this year by every measure. Now, does that mean I think that Wink Martindale needed to be fired? No, I didn't think he needed to be fired. But as I said, and it's the same thing I'll say about Greg Roman, I don't, I don't know what might happen. This happens in football. Even if someone doesn't need to be fired, sometimes coaching changes are just made. And a coaching change was made. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why it could have been made. Personality conflict, um, thinking that the system might not fit what it is that you're looking to do. The Greg or the Wink Martindale defense relied heavily on having an unbelievably strong secondary. And the Ravens, in looking at their math, might be saying to themselves, we just might not be able to put that level of a secondary out there. And if we lose a piece or two like we did this year, we've got to know that you've developed pass rushers that can overcome not having the strongest secondary. And frankly, you haven't shown that. So there's a million reasons why something like this could occur. I don't think it's all that controversial. It doesn't get me all that worked up. The Ravens are going to hire someone to be their defensive coordinator moving forward, and we'll see where things go. They're going to apparently interview outside candidates and not just promote whoever the next guy is on their own. And and it might end up being an internal candidate who gets the job, but in the past we've seen them just promote whoever the next candidate was internally. Um, So they might just want a different philosophy. It might be that they're saying to themselves, we need... We need, we're looking around and we need to find a TJ Watt. We need to find that we need a wrecker. We need somebody and we haven't had that since Terrell Suggs. And we've got to change our philosophy and we need someone who envisions pass rushers being pass rushers. We'll see. We'll see if that's what they end up thinking about. The there are of course hipsters and douchebags who want to, you know, get attention online and I love you Andrew Stecka. I'm not calling you a douchebag. It was <laughs> you're more of a hipster. Um who, who want, for the sake of being that guy, 
want to try to defend this stupid overtime rule in the NFL. And there's no actual argument for it. They just say nonsensical things like, well, defense should matter. Well, why does it only matter for one team then? Like, there's no actual defense of the NFL's overtime system. There's no intellectual argument you can make to defend it other than to just say, Either one, you want to be a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian, right? And I get, you know, that's, we reward that in this world. We reward people that just say anything on social media. Um, Or it's not a problem to you. Like, for example, in Kansas City today, it ain't a problem to them. And they think that people are detracting from them by debating the overtime rule. Well, the rules of the we know that nobody is suggesting that they should send an alternate group of electors to uh, the Capitol and try to overturn uh, the presidential election. Nobody said. Oh wait, no, a lot of people are suggesting that. Sorry, I take that back. Nobody's suggesting that we remove the Chiefs from the AFC Championship game next week. We all know what happened. The result is the result. That's it. That's the end of it. N- nobody's talking about that any longer. It's a shame that this stupid rule existed for a game like that. But it's over. The Chiefs won the game. The point is we don't ever want to see it happen again. As Chiefs fans know from losing to the Patriots a few years ago. We don't ever want this to occur again. We're sick of it. The NFL drastically changed their rules to massively benefit offense over the course of the last 20 years. And because of that... Because they did that, it has made this even more unfair than it always was, and it was always unfair. It was always unfair to say there's a scenario where not both teams get the ball in overtime. And there's no, well, all you got to do is get a stop. Yeah, but the other team doesn't have to. And the only reason they don't have to is because they got the luck of a coin flip. The, the the Bills have the number one defense in the NFL and still got carved that's, that's, up by, by, by Pat Mahomes. You're basically saying that the Bills should be punished for not being able to do something that nobody in the league has consistently figured out how to do, and that's stop Pat Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in football. They're the best offense in football. And the other team, the, the bottom line is the other team should have had a, had a, had a fighting chance. I mean, I, I agree. Agree. The problem we have is that not everybody tends to agree on how to fix the, the issue, right? The, the Ravens introduced one of the dumbest things I've ever heard uh, last year when, when they're, here's how we're going to fix overtime, by not letting both teams have the ball. I mean, this insane spot-and-choose concept. You pick the yard line, the other team gets to pick where they're on offense or on defense. Well, they're always going to pick the one-yard line, and then you're always going to pick offense, like, th- that's not an actual solution to anything. It's just dumb. People throw out wild ideas. My buddy Chris Pica was like, why don't we try to bring the Elam ending to football and just the first team to score nine points wins. How long would it have taken for Ben Roethlisberger and Tyler Huntley to get to nine points a couple <laughs> weeks ago? And I'm not, because I, I love, in, in theory, I love Chris's idea. I'm all for it. The Elam ending is wonderful in basketball. But you, you'd have to, you wouldn't be able to do that for every game. Because some games are played in blizzards, and it's really hard to score points in that way. Like, you, you just can't do it. This, this isn't hard. We're making it harder than necessary. The rules don't really have to change. It can be the exact same thing. 
The first team goes down, and whatever they do, the game can't end. The second team gets the ball, and after their possession ends, if the game is still tied, now it becomes sudden death because both teams got to see the ball. Why is this hard to figure it's out? It's not hard. We're trying so bloody hard. Look, I'd love the most fair and most equitable thing would be to do it baseball style, right, for there to be innings. You get the ball, you get the top of the inning, bottom of the inning, top of the inning, bottom of the inning, until an inning ends and one team's in the lead. That would be the most fair thing to do. But it's, it's too much. Obviously, it's too much for anybody to comprehend, so we got to try to make it easy. This is not hard. The exact same rule as written, you just remove the part where you say the game can end on a touchdown. Literally verbatim from the rule book it's written out the game can't end without both teams seeing the ball with the exception of you just take out the exception that's it problem solved and then whoever wins the coin flip has a real decision to make if we take the ball first then we would be the team that would get it third hypothetically and we might have it first when the game goes to sudden death right so that would be an advantage but if you get the ball second, then you know what the first team did, and you can decide if, say, you want to go for two, should they score a touchdown, you could choose to go for two and end the game right there. You actually have a decision to make about what you do if you win the coin toss in overtime. Unlike right now, where obviously there is no decision to make unless you're Marty Morningweg all those years ago. It's just not hard. We're trying so hard. Well, what if uh, uh, we, we, we force the first team to go for two, and then if they get it, they win, and if they don't... Stop it! You do the same thing you're already doing! You just don't end the game on a touchdown! The other team gets the ball! If they score a touchdown, they want to go for two and try to win? They can. They go for one, game goes on, now we play sudden death. And you know what happened? Both teams had the ball! Both teams had their chance. Their offense had to play and their defense had to play. It was football. How has this not always existed? I don't get it. We're trying so hard, and it's just not that difficult. Talk more about it. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We come back in. Bradley and Nikki Bozeman are going to join the program. It's been a very long time, and I've missed them. We'll talk more about the overtime thing, I promise you. And my column is up at PressBoxOnline.com for you to check it out. And um, I, it just it should not be this difficult. Uh, you're watching or listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with 
with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on The Bataround. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Hey, tonight at 6, Stan the Fan is going to have a great chat with Tippy Martinez and Don Stanhouse. That'll be on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it, you'll be able to watch it tomorrow. PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stan the Fan, Charles, with... Tippy Martinez and Don Stanhouse. Oh, and Ross Grimsley is going to be there, too. Really fun baseball conversation coming up tonight. It's been too long. Um, you guys know my affinity for our next guests and everything that they've done, and we're trying to make sure that the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year is Bradley Bozeman because the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation has just continued to do unbelievable work for our community and, um, you know, there's this other awkward thing, but we'll, we'll leave that alone for a second and hope that that continues to be the case for many years to come. They are, of course, the aforementioned Bradley and Nikki Bozeman, and they're back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, guys? How are you? Doing good. How are y'all doing? Everything has been good, man. Ah, it's been way too long since I've heard your voices. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Um, all right, so so do we? Do you know? Like, do you get an update? How are we doing as far as the community is concerned when it comes to voting for Walter Payton Man of the Year? Are, are we letting you down? Do we need to step our game up a little bit? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think we're in top five right now. Oh. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. You know, that's kind of part of it. Um, you know, there's there's some definitely big names out there that are that are up for it. So, oh man. Uh, you know, but but it is what it is. We're just honored to be a part of. Uh, such a prestigious honor and uh you know just just uh be in these shoes right now so just just so thankful all right so we got to come up with a stunt then right like we got to come up with a stunt like if you get into top five of voting this week 
I'll eat, um, you know, a, a hundred banana mayonnaise sandwiches. How about that? Okay, deal. That works done, for me. Done. If you guys get Bradley Bozeman into the top five, again, use WPMOY Challenge and then Bozeman right now. You get Bradley Bozeman into the top five by the end of the week, and, and you'll be able to monitor this, right? Uh, yeah, they come out with weekly updates All right. uh, on who's top five. If so. we get the next week and he's in the top five, I will eat 100 what, what, how much time? In a, in a week? Do I, do I get a week to eat 100 banana mayonnaise sandwiches? What's the number for that? I don't know how yeah, long. We'll give, we'll give you a week. A week. A week. 100 no banana mayonnaise sandwiches. Bradley, what's the most uh, banana mayonnaise sandwiches that you've consumed in the span of a week? Uh, in the span of a week? Probably like six. <laughs> okay. I'm biting off way more than I can chew. I'm still doing <laughs> it, though. I'm still doing it. That's the way it's going to be. Oh, boy. Okay, so get that in. WPMOY Challenge. Hashtag WPMOY Challenge. And then Bozeman to get your vote in for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Nikki Bozeman, what's going on with you, my friends? Hello. How are you guys? I'm all right. Everything good? Yeah, doing good. We are um, en route to Nashville to go drop some stuff off at a rental house and then go hang out with our parents they're like are you guys ever coming home um when you say rental house tell me more about that because i don't like the sounds of that (laughs) well and also now i can clarify my uh my instagram post yeah people were people were freaking out and i was not that was not obviously my intention um, so we are building a house in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm jealous. Um, I'm jealous. And I know. It's, we're so excited. And it's going to be our off-season house, so it'll be our home base wherever we go. Um, and, you know, we are, we've just been obsessed with Nashville, our friends. We have such a huge friend group that lives there. Um, and it's three hours from both of our parents, so it's right in the oh, middle. That's perfect. Um, and so... It just seemed like a good place, like for us. So, yeah. um, in my Instagram post, when it said "see you in," I think I said like six months or something. That's what I meant because our house will be done in July. But um, obviously, people were like, "Well, it lined up with training camp." I'm like, "Well, that's not what I meant. I meant our house will be done in July." So, so, so let's let's do let's do some clarification here because I did have somebody reach out to me over the weekend and say, "Have you seen what Nikki's been posting? Does it sound like they already know?" that they're not going to be back in Baltimore. And I was like, look, I, this is, I, I don't know if you know this, I do not speak on their behalf. Like, that is not yeah. something I do. So we're clarifying that right now. Nothing that you're posting on social media means you guys know you're not going to be back in Baltimore. Yes, that is correct. I, and I don't, think, I don't think I would be the one to break <laughs> to anyone. And even, like, the, we stayed, we did a staycation in Baltimore this weekend, and I was like, you know, Baltimore is always going to be one of our favorite homes um, because obviously we're building a house in Nashville too. So when we come back here for the season, hopefully. Um, but they, everyone freaked out again. And I'm like, you guys are super sensitive right now because I, mean. I say this all the time. Like anytime we go to the bygone, anything. So I think, um, but yes, no. Uh, Disclaimer, I will not be the one breaking the news. <laughs> gonna, we're going to start calling you Nikki Rappaport at some point. Nikki, Nikki yeah, Schefter. Yeah, like I'm like, that, not going to be me. 
Bradley and Nikki Bozeman are with us here on GCR. Of course, they continued amazing work. Nikki, I, I, I want to talk football with Bradley in a second, but I want to get you an update from you um, on where things are with the foundation. I know you guys transitioned a lot during the course of the year and the various things that you were doing. What are the big priorities right now for the foundation? And, and let's, you know, let's put it all on the table because we know that there's an unknown to all of this. What are the plans yeah. for the foundation with Baltimore, no matter where you guys end up? Yeah, so we, um, uh, that's just like the nature of football. So we have been kind of like working behind the scenes um, to kind of figure out what we're going to do, a solution. Um, but in the meantime, we have continued our Sink Snack program, um, partnering with the police station um, and having those boxes put in the back of the squad cars for them to deliver out in Baltimore City. Um, that's been a huge success. We've had, you know, about a packaging event a month where we package anywhere between a thousand and two thousand boxes from volunteers. So that has been amazing. We've seen amazing growth in that program. Um, and that's something that we're going to continue. Um, that's something that we've seen so much, uh, value in, um, through the kids of Baltimore City, through the police department, just through the city as a whole. Um, so we've been working to find different routes here, whether it's liaisons on this team, um, if we are to go somewhere else, or uh, and liaisons in the community um, that we can start to kind of like um, bring in, so that we can have full confidence if we leave, if we end up leaving, um, that someone can just take it over, um, because we do really see so much value in this program in Baltimore. So. Um, we're excited that it'll get to continue regardless of our contract status. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. Go right now to bradnickybozeman.com. Find out more. Put a donation in. Continue to support what these wonderful people have done and who have adopted us and made our city their own no matter what happens. Bradley and Nikki Bozeman with us here on GCR. Um, Bradley, the center, you know, you and I haven't talked at all. Um, the, the move back to center, uh, you, you know, you, you tell me I, from afar, it looked like it went pretty well. It looked like you were pretty confident. How much fun was it for you? How good did you feel about all of it? And, you know, do, do you feel like now moving forward, that's what you are in the NFL? You're a center. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it was probably one of the funnest years of football I had. Um, you know, just, just getting back kind of to my, to my comfortable position, my, my home base, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, just, just so it was so much fun this year just being able to be back in that position, be able to lead that offensive line, um, the great guys uh, in that offense, and, you know, just, just to be uh, be there. But, yeah, I definitely see myself as a center going forward. Um, you know, I feel like I had a really, really good year, um, probably my best year uh, since I've been in Baltimore. So, you know, just I was just really excited to kind of get back to – to what I do best. The, 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 the frustration of, look, I mean, everybody knows what happened this year, right? Like, my God, there, there's snake bitten, and then there's what you guys went through, right? Like, I, I, I don't know if I, by a miracle somehow it never hit you at any point, right? Um, how, how tough is that to go? Because I know you guys are still grinding, and, like, you're, whoever's out there, you're playing and trying to win with it. But how difficult is it when this isn't just, like, bad luck – this is something that's more overwhelming than, than basically any team has ever had to deal with in the history of football. Yeah, I think it was, you know, it was kind of crazy, kind of from the, from the start. Um, I think it all really started with J.K., um, I believe. I believe that's where it started. But, um, you know, just, just went downhill kind of quickly as far as injuries go. Um, you know, unfortunately, you can't hit the rewind button. You can't do what ifs. Um, you can't do all that. You just got to move forward and play with the cards that you're dealt. 
Um, you know, I think I think guys did an amazing job stepping up to the plate, answering the call, uh, and just you know doing doing their job and do it, making a really good opportunity for themselves and our football team. So, just proud, just really proud of our team this year, just to be able to to push through, to stay level headed, just to fight until the very end. Um, this this team was nothing, nothing but a bunch of fighters. So, just very proud of this team. If you are back on this football team next season. How confident would you be in just simply kind of running it back, saying, "Look, we don't need to change a whole lot. We just need to get our guys back out on the field next season." Yeah, de- definitely feel confident about that. Um, you know, just got to get our guys back. I think we have like some some close to like sixty five million on IR this year, <laughs> um, right. which is ridiculous. Um, and you know, just just some of our big playmakers weren't out on the field with us, so. Um, you know, they're, they're brothers. They'll be, they're battling back now. I already know. I've seen, you know, all of them in the training room and everything like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think just, just trying to run it back and, uh, just get our guys out there. All right. Nikki, I'm going to put this one to you because I know how Bradley's going to answer because he always, he's so good at saying the right thing. I'm going to put it to you because I think you can be more human about it. The stress of the unknown, right? Like the, the genuinely not knowing what the next thing looks like. I think this is something that because, you know, football players tend to make a lot of money, you know, like we don't we don't think is real. We just sort of treat uh, professional athletes almost like, you know, you're here for our entertainment, do whatever we tell you to do. But on a human level, what is the stress like of the unknown when you go into an off season like this? Um, yeah, I mean, it's super hard. It's um, it's hard because, you know, this is your friend group. You know, this is the people that you love to hang out with. And then when you all part ways at the end of the season, off season stink in general. And then when half of your friend group is in free agency and you know, you're not all going to come back. Um, it's just sad, you know? And, um, and then, you know, having your life in uncertainty of, we have three different boxes, you know, we have boxes for stuff to move to a rental home. We have boxes of stuff to leave in Baltimore. We have boxes of stuff, you know, if we have to go somewhere else. So, um, it's just the uncertainty in life, but we, I always, you know, Bradley and I always say it's always, um, a blessing and we could be in so much worse positions. So, right. um, right. I think everything is a blessing and you just have to look at it that way and you won't be as stressed, not saying it's never stressful, but, um, last night when we were, you know, trying to get on the road to Nashville and our power somehow went out our, um, so we had no power and it was freezing <laughs> So we started a fire in, you know, our fireplace. Uh, and while we're outside, the fire fell out of the fireplace and caught the living room almost on wait, fire. Wait, 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 shut up. Shut up. No, I'm being dead serious. Literally, we're, we had already packed the whole truck. It is 8.30 at night, and I turn on the washer to, like, finish our loads of laundry. Yeah. And I click start, and the house just goes boom. Oh, my God. And it's black. Oh, no. You, not me. <laughs> no, it was you. I blamed it on him because he went up to the main house, and I thought he flipped the breaker. So no breakers are tripped. Like, we're going through. Our uh, neighbor's an electrician, and he came with the voltage meter, and he's like, yeah, you're not getting power to one of your legs. And so we called, thank God, BG&E um, are amazing. So BG&E came out literally uh, at, they sent a crew out at like 1030 at night. They dug up the line until about 11.30. They found the broken break in the line. Um, they repaired it. They redid everything, and we got power back at, like, 11.30. But, you know, around 11 o'clock, um, because we didn't know if we were going to have power for the night, we, you know, put the fireplace on full 
um, we stocked it up with a bunch of wood. And I'm watching the end of the um, Bills game, and I like, huh, smells kind of smoky in here. <laughs> and then all the fire alarms go off. Oh I look up. And the wood has just fallen onto the ground. God. And I'm like, there, it's like billowing smoke into our living room. And I'm like, golly. And so. I, I don't, I don't, um, uh, I don't love this as an omen for what it's worth. No, I don't no. love it. <laughs> and so I fixed it and like, you know, everything. And then Bradley comes in and he goes, you know, we're just going to have a hectic day today so we can have a smooth yeah, day tomorrow. Yeah, that's the way it works, right? He said knock on wood. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's not maybe not appropriate in the moment either. <laughs> yeah. That's so appropriate either. So it was uh, hectic. But, and then, but at the end of the day, we were like, hey, we got our power back. We're in a warm house. Like, there's a lot of things to be thankful for. And so it was fine. But we made it. All right. Thank God. Thank God. But still, oh, that's terrible. Um, uh, Bradley, I'm going to let you do the part because we have to, you know, do the part where you, you know, where you say how much you want to be in Baltimore. But if, if I could, I- is there any part of you that would be disappointed as someone who's played? I mean, has just done everything that a team that would would ask for. Is there any part of you that would be disappointed, or are you completely capable of taking emotions out of a situation like this? Um, you know, it's Baltimore has been our home uh, for the last four years. Um, this place has been so special to us, so good to us. Um, you know, came in as a six-round draft pick. Um, really, you know, just fighting to make us make it. You know, uh, make it on the team, do some rotation stuff, and then start for three years, uh, which is very, you know, very uncommon for a six-round draft pick. Um, so, you know, it just just the the opportunities this place has given me, the the um, the relationships that I've built, the teammates that I have. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. Um, just, just very, very grateful. You know, we, we hope it works out, but we understand it's a business in the end of the day. Um, and you know, they, they have to look at it from that standpoint and we have to look at it from that standpoint. Um, and we hope it both works out for both of our standpoints, yeah. but if it doesn't, we understand. What, what, um, so as an, as a player, is the franchise tag something that you're like, yeah, I'm okay with that, or, or is that like, no, nah, I just I just want to get, let's just do if we're do, let's do this or not do it. You know what I mean? Like, where, where does that, what, what does that make you feel? The idea of a tag, um, you know, it, it's kind of like I said, it's kind of what it's a business standpoint for them, um, you know. So I, I don't I don't really know uh, that hasn't really been in discussion at okay. all. Okay. Uh, so you know, I I don't know. We'll have to cross that bridge if we ever get there. Um, but you know, for for right now, we're just we're just trying to figure out what's going on. So. Ah, I completely get it. I completely get it. Uh, you mentioned J.K. a second ago. I'm assuming he never paid off his uh, spam Oreo sandwich bet, right? It's... Oh, he didn't. Yeah, I meant to. I meant to. Uh, it, we'll, we'll, the injury we'll was terrible. It was terrible time. I didn't want to bring it up when he got hurt because, like, you know, I mean, come on, man. Like, you don't need to. Right. You don't need to kick a man while he's down. <laughs> right. But we still. I. I it's per, particularly if you end up somewhere else. He's still got to pay that off. He's still got to be a man of his word, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's got to be a man of his word. That's what sure. I'm saying. That's the so way I, it's got to go. i got to collect that debt. For, absolutely. We will have to prioritize that, whatever it ends up looking like. And in the, in the meantime, is there anything specific that we – obviously, WPMOI Challenge Bozeman. That's the priority, guys. We need to get the votes in. Um, you guys will be down again – or you'll be out in L.A., correct, for the Super Bowl, right? It's... Yeah, we will. We'll, they, uh, they fly us out for the Super Bowl and – um, so we get to go out there again and have a good time and uh, get to meet with everyone. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So really excited to get back out there again. 
Uh, they're going to have all their usual events. Last year didn't have any of the events, like the red carpet, right? Uh, uh, the NFL honors, all that stuff. Um, so I'm excited to get out there and, and uh, get to experience all the, cool. the, the real the real experience of it. Right, right. The actual Super Bowl, not the you know the 10 percent that they had to do a year ago. Exactly. And hey, uh, I got I can't let you guys go. I need both of you uh, to quickly chime in on an opinion. How do we fix overtime in football? Like, let you know, you Nick, you said you were watching the game last night. Are are you okay with that? Are you all right with only one team getting the ball? How do we? How what should overtime look like in football, Nikki? I'm gonna let you start. Okay, I'll start and I'll give you my opinion because we just—I mean, we were in the car for ten hours, so we were just having this discussion and we were trying to, you know, solve the world's problems. Still my idea. And I won't <laughs> steal his idea. I'll let him tell his idea. So here's my just tidbit of why I'm okay with it right now, how it is. So my theory is. You know, yes, you give the offense a chance to start, but you also give the defense a chance to, whether it's, like Bradley said, a pick six or to make a stop. Like, it is a defensive front that you also have. So if you are a superior team, you should have a defensive front that can stop their offense if you are a superior team. But do I necessarily think that's the fairest way to do it? No. Um, I saw someone said to do, like, a kind of shootout phase and have everyone on the five-yard line, and everyone gets one play, you stay on the five-yard line, and each team gets, I think it was like five tries or something, and whoever scores the most out of five on each team. It's okay. like the um, yeah, NHL. Hockey, yeah, like a hockey shootout, yeah. right. So like a hockey yeah. Um, Do I love it? No. Do I know like a better way to fix it? No. I like Bradley's ideas. He's like okay. looking at me like, give me the phone, okay. because he really wants to explain <laughs> his ideas. Okay. So I think I think it stays exactly how it is. Yep. Because, like I said, if, if defense has a pick six and they go in and score, the game's over. Yep. Um, so and then same thing, offense. They they go in and score, they win. But they should take uh, the ability to punt the ball out of the equation. So if if a team gets they kick off, the team gets the ball at the you know twenty five yard line, and then uh, they go four and out. So they have to they have to try to convert on fourth down. Now the opposing team gets the ball on the 20. So you'd have to uh, think I, I, about whether or not you really wanted the ball in that situation. Exactly. So, huh. so it kind of gives, it gives a, a, it's a really big you know, coin flip on do I take the ball or do I try to get a stop. That's interesting. I still don't like the idea. This is the only problem I have with it. I still don't like any scenario where both teams don't get the ball, right? Like, I just feel like both teams should have to have the ball in overtime. But at least you're right that you would have to. You would have. But is there any chance? Like, if you're you're an offensive player, if your coach said, "Nah, we're gonna go on defense," wouldn't you be furious in that situation? Wouldn't you say, "No, hell no, we got four downs. Give me the damn ball." It it depends on my defense, to be honest. Okay, you know, it, all right. If my if my defense is up, because defense is very game to game, so if my defense is up, you know, and they're they're playing out of their mind, yeah, put the defense out there. But right. you know, if if they're, they're being you know ran through, then right. you gotta you know you, you gotta put the offense and give the, give us a chance to win the game. All right, um, because like the teams carry each other, you know, so the offense will play bad and the defense will pick it up, and then the defense will play bad and the offense will pick it up. So. Um, you know that's why it's such an incredible team sport. All right, I, I, I look. It is unique. It's, it's. I'm not. It's an idea I have not heard before. It is a hell of a concept. I, I think everybody would take the ball, but I hear what you're saying. I completely hear it. 
All right, WPMOI Challenge Bozeman. Hashtag WPMOI Challenge Bozeman on Twitter right now. Get your votes in for Bradley Bozeman as Walter Payton, Man of the Year. BradNickyBozeman.com. At Brad Nick. Oh, God. Oh, it's been so long. At Brad Nicky Bose. At BS Bose. At One Nicky and Three. Did I get it all right? Yep, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. It's been, oh, man. I've been, all those years, muscle memory, man. That's the way that it works out. Uh, guys, whatever happens, you know, uh, love and appreciate you. Thankful for everything you've done and you're going to continue to do for this community and the way that it's embraced. I hope beyond hope that there is good news coming from this and that you guys are going to be here for a long time. But I know you're going to continue to improve lives no matter what happens. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. Safe travels to Nashville. Let's talk again down the road, all right? Absolutely. And th- thanks again for having us on. Appreciate you. Bradley and Nikki Bozeman, they are the best. And, um, you know, look, I get it. It's a business. We have no idea. We're not going to take a break, so you can do whatever you need to do. Um, whatever whatever happens, happens. I, I understand that. I am understanding of the way this works. I would really like it if it involved Bradley and Nikki Bozeman staying in Baltimore for multiple reasons. One, because they're incredible people, but also because Bradley Bozeman is very good at what he does. I understand that it's a business. I understand that there's only so much money to go around, and I understand that you have to prioritize it. And I think a lot of people are operating under the assumption that he's been priced out. I hope that doesn't prove to be true, but I get it. Into hour number two of the show. It's brought to you by CCBC. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification? CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field, and it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Uh, pleasant morning because I get to talk to a lot of my favorite people. Obviously, Bradley and Nikki love them. Um, you guys know my affinity for our next guest as well. He's been a friend for a long time. He's someone who also has shown deep care and concern for our community literally adopted the Mervo football team a few years ago the for everyone foundation has done incredible work and uh you know he reminded everybody special teams matter they're a part of football too as we were watching the Packers 49ers game on Saturday night he and I ended up tweeting back and forth for a little while he is our friend Anthony Levine senior co-cap and he's back with us now here on GCR what's going on brother how are you well, what's up, man? Good morning, man. How you doing? Everything is good. Everything good with you? How's you know? How's the off season? Man, it's good, man. You know, enjoying it. Get to spend more time with my family. Um, get the kids back, watching the football. Hey, that we not playing. Oh, of course, right? Yeah. You know, sweet. Yeah, yeah, right. Definitely yeah. would rather be playing football. But if you're not gonna be, those aren't terrible things to be doing with the time. You like, feel me? You feel me? You know, family first, man. Exactly family. right, bro. Hey, uh, yeah. Anthony, I was just talking about this with Bradley a second ago. Give me your what. Do, do you think, you, you, you know everybody's talking about it, do you think the overtime rules should be changed in the NFL? Nah, no. Okay. <laughs> because you think defense should matter. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's going to always be, you know, because uh, on first it was, you know, they wanted the rules to change, now they want to change it back, you know. I mean, it's a luck of the strong, you know. That game could have went on all, all night last night. Whoever, they're going to score back and forth, back and forth, you know, and uh, – and somebody got to step up and make a play. 
All right, I hear you. This is the only thing I would say, right? Is that like if you if you just play on a little bit longer, and the other team gets the ball, gets a chance to go down and score a touchdown, and they know, wouldn't they at some point say we're going to go for two and try to end this right here, and then the game doesn't go on all night? I, I mean, it, it's just like going for it on fourth down. It's like, uh, do you go for it? Do you not go for it? You know what I'm saying? If you, you if you get it, then it's like everybody, like, oh, great job. If you don't get it, it's like, why didn't you just kick the right? Why didn't you just yeah, you can talk about it forever. Ball? There's no doubt. Yeah, you I, see what I'm saying? Not, not that that happened at all in Baltimore this season, Anthony. Not that that, <laughs> that was a topic of conversation. Hey, can you tell me just because we're on it? Because then I want to talk to you about special teams. What what is that like internally? Was it controversial at all for you guys? when those decisions were being made, or were you all, like, in on it? Had you all kind of gotten together as a group and said, no, we know this is the team we're going to be, we're going to win or die being an aggressive team? No, nah, I, mean, that, that, I mean, that's who we are. You know, uh, we we're, agree we're with everything. You know, uh, we want to go for it. We want, we want to be aggressive. We don't want to sit back and be like, oh, man, uh, what if we'd have went for it? Oh, we should have, we should have went for it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you know we're going to live and die by it. It is what it is. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But we're gonna come to play, and uh, you know we're gonna be aggressive. That's our mentality. That's our mindset. So uh, we got the guys to make the plays, and sometimes we made them. Sometimes we didn't. Like it just—it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? That's the way the cookies crumble sometimes, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, when, when you when we do when we do get it, it's like oh great job. I'm glad y'all went for it. If you don't get it, it's like oh why? This is the worst. Yeah, right. You know it was the worst decision in the history of football. Why in the world would you be doing that? Well, the if if that ball's caught, you think it's the greatest decision in the history of football, you know, right? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. uh, in the first quarter, when when the Bills went for it on fourth down on the goal, right, line. right. Now what? Now what if they wouldn't have gotten it? Yeah. Why? Why didn't you just keep the field goal? You see what I'm saying? But now they got the touchdown. It's like, oh, that was a great call, hell of a call. You know what I'm saying? It's just you know, you live with your decision and you stand on it. I'm with you, bro. And by the way, I'll never fault the team for being aggressive and believing in themselves. Like, I mean, I, I, at some point, I understand somebody say it gets reckless, but I don't know, man. Like, go do it. Go, go do it. Have the confidence that you're going to convert. Have the confidence that you're going to get the job done. And then that's who you are. Like, that's your identity as a football team moving forward. Is is you're a confident team that's going to go get it done. I'm with you, man. And I did not, I did not find myself second guessing it during the season. All right. Nah, man, you can't never second guess. So you, uh, I use the phrase, um, uh, talk your shit on Saturday night, because that's what I felt in that tweet that you sent out as you were watching the Packers 49ers game. And I will admit to you, uh, Anthony, we've got another host here who is always type like, I don't understand why they give away roster spots to special teams guys. And I, I always say like, dude, I, you know it's part of football. Like, it's part yeah. of the game. you got to be able to get the job done. Uh, as a guy who has made a very nice life for himself, in large part because of special teams, you know, th- there had to be a little bit of feeling good that there was a reminder, hey, our part of the game matters too. Most definitely, because everybody, when they want to talk about special teams, and when we have the arguably the best kick of all time in football, right? Yep. Now, if you take special teams out, that means we don't have Justin Tucker. But everybody loves Justin Tucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got Sam Cook. We got we have Morgan Cox. We have great special teams players that win a game. Special teams have won us game. Justin Tucker has won us game. Yeah. Jacoby Jones have won us game. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Devin so Duvernay like, was an all-pro this season. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, why, why special teams? Why special teams? Well, when your kicker missed that field goal, now it's not the Chicago Bears. They're trying out all these kickers in the league. Special teams is important. 
You know what I'm saying? Last, uh, in the Packers game, special teams. You give him a block kick and a touchdown. Special teams. Tyreek, Tyreek Hill catches a punt return. Goes almost all the way. You know yep. what I'm saying? Special teams. That's, that's an impact play. That's how you get momentum. That's how you energize your team. You know what I'm saying? So now, when your team give up a big play on special teams, now you mad at the special teams coordinator. Now you mad at the special teams player. Now you tweeting out, oh, man, what about special teams? You know, get you a good core first team player, and your team will be successful. Brother. And, I mean, it, it is what it is. It, and and that's the, I think people understand it when it's a kicker, right? And then they don't get that, like, hey, the guy who's responsible for going down and tackling Tyreek Hill, that guy's really important, too. You know, because you can't allow for there to be a 70-yard swing in the middle of a game. Like, hey. it, it's, it's incredible to me the way that we just sort of pretend, well, you can just send, send anybody out there to do it. No, you can't. Like, no. you got to be good at it. No, you, you do. You got to be, especially teams all about wanting. It's about grit, grind. You got to want to do it. You know what I'm saying? You got to be aggressive. And that, that's what special teams is about. It's one play, four speed, and just go out there and you're going to make a play. And with the play, when I said it with Green Bay, you know, I don't want to call anybody out or, Right. Team, like um, you know, but I'm watching it, and the snapper gets pushed back. That's why the PP there. The PP supposed to support the the snapper to help him out because he's snapping the ball. Then he got to come back and say he got to get his head up quick. But he already got a 300 pound guy pushing him back. Right. That's tough. That's tough on the snapper. But that's when you got a PP. They got they're supposed to understand that so to help him out to you know to brace him. You know what I'm saying? But when you have a good, experienced special teams player, he sees that. You see what I'm saying? It's like, so that play never happened. But when you're so used to it, you're, you're not used to punch being blocked because you have a great PP in myself. You know what I'm saying? It's I like, mean, oh, that play don't even matter to you. But until you give up a, until you give up a, a, a punt block, that's when it's like, oh, man, get him out of here. He took. <laughs> well, and, but that's the reason why a team pri- it's the reason why a team prioritizes making sure they have a veteran player who knows what they're doing in that situation because if you got Anthony Levine back there your season's not going to end because you got a pump blocked like <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey can you sit down and think about that can you imagine the Baltimore Ravens being the playoff game and we lose because we give up a block punt right Right. Can, can you Bro, I've seen a lot of things. I know I've ne- I've never seen that. Like I know that damn well. You know what I'm saying? I've at, seen least, a- at least that's one thing you know. Right. You know, we're not gonna lose the game because first team. I mean, bro, it's it's not a hard concept, man. I, I don't know why people struggle with it. I, I think it's just – I think it's the fantasy football occasion. Like, if, if I can't play you in fantasy football, I don't think you exist. <laughs> like, I think it really is yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, no, nah, man, it's crazy, man. You know, it's just – I, you know, it's just uh, when I seen the play, and then all of a sudden everybody was tweeting about special teams. I felt like special teams was going viral, and it's like, oh my god! Like now all of a sudden, not everybody <laughs> want to talk about special teams. Yeah, right. When before nobody cares about special right. teams. It's like all you do is play special teams. Yeah, and I'm really good at it. Right. And that's why. That's why. That's why the Baltimore Ravens are number one in special teams. That's a fact. As uh, Rick Goslin's <laughs> rankings, Rick Goslin's ranking came out last year. And by the way, that is Bible, as I've said before in football circles. Like that is Bible, his rankings. And not only were you guys number one, you were number one with distance. Like number two wasn't close when it came to yep. special teams rankings. 
Um, he, you're hundred percent. You're hundred percent right, and you've and this is the reason why you've been in the league for over a decade. I mean, there's other things about we know about you as a leader and what you mean in the locker room. We understand all those things, but really, from a football perspective, this is the reason why it's a priority for the Ravens to say. Whatever we do, we can't lose Anthony Levine, right? Like we got to shuffle the roster, but we can't lose Anthony Levine because they understand this matters, and they can't lose a game this way. Like, just that simple. Right. Just that simple. Anthony Levine, senior, co-cap. Um, I guess let me just make sure I got it. You know, these are the questions you got to ask. You're 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 planning on being back, right? Like you're you're not you're not starting to think about moving on at this point, are you? Um, man, I don't really know. I mean, you know, I, uh, we have conversations. I'm gonna talk about it, but the one thing about it, I'm a raven for life, and uh, I'm here. Actually, I'm in the building right now. I was getting a workout in, uh, so you know, we gonna see where things go, man. I, do I plan on being back as a raven yet? Okay. I mean, look, I get it. You know, it's a business. We under that's not you don't get to make that decision entirely. We understand. But, you know, I don't think there's any reason why they wouldn't want – again, they don't want to have a block punt ruin their season. They would probably <laughs> well be well served to have you back next year. Um, hey, man, I talked uh, kind of at the beginning in introducing you. I talked about your relationship with Mervo football over the years. And, you know, they experienced something sort of just unfathomable this year when Elijah Gorham passed away. And, and I watched – your embrace, and we know it was a special story as they rallied and they ran towards the state title. Um, can, can you tell me about your emotions in, in, in the relationship you have with that community and, and how much you tried to lift them up in dealing with just this unfathomable tragedy and trying to play football through it? Yeah, man. Um, when that happened, man, it was definitely uh, heartbreaking. Um, you, you never want to see you know, a parent lose their child or anything like that, man. You know, I have two kids myself, and I won't even know where to, where to start. So, um, the first, the first, the first thing I did, you know, I reached out to to his mother. Um, you know, I stayed in contact with her, and uh, me and her talk. Uh, probably, I haven't talked to her in a couple of weeks, but uh, me and her, we went out to eat and everything, talked to her. But with with the football team. You know, they understood. They, they understood the assignment. They they understood what that what, what he meant to the community, what he meant to them, and they 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 just wanted to to show how much they love him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't about to go out there and not and not do their best. And for them to bring home the state championship, man, uh, it, it was amazing to see. Uh, there's a lot of great kids over there who have bright futures. You know. Um, I just wanted to bring more of a spotlight, a spotlight to those kids because they're overlooked. You know, they're, they're in the inner city. Uh, and, you know, some of them don't have a lot of things to be able to live like other people live. You know what I'm saying? So uh, just me being around, being around those kids, you know, uplift them and, and just bring them, bring them joy and, and let them see and be around a person that lets them know that, it can be whatever they want to be. They don't have to be a statistic, you know. So that's really the most important thing for me today. That's awesome, man. It, it, it was special to see you guys lift them up and, you know, a reminder of how in touch you guys have been with this community over the years, and you in particular. I know what that relationship has meant to so many people, bro. It, it was powerful to, to watch the role that you took on in those moments. Um, I, I gotta ask. I'm not trying to cause controversy. I have to ask you about. Oh, I gotta, you know, just something. You're, 
I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to get you to trash it anybody. You like, know that. It like controversy. I know that. I just anything <laughs> at all that you want to say about Wink, and you know, I, I know he was very much a player's coach. Man, Wink, Wink is actually uh, a great coach. Man, I think he's one of the best coordinators in the league who deserves a head coaching job. You know, uh, sometimes, man, it's a, it's a, it's a performance-based league. You know, and. And the way the way how Wink is with the players, man, he's the best, man. You know, he let us uh, be us, go out there and play ball. You know, he's aggressive. Uh, we love him, man. And uh, you know, unfortunately, the way this business is, things like that happen. You know, maybe disagreements, it may be whatever, whatever it may be. But as far as players, we love we we love Wink, man. You know, uh, he was one of us. We he embraced us, we embraced him. You know, so for that to happen, it was just like, man, you know. Uh, but that's what happens in football. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of business we in. Yep. So we gotta next 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 man in. I know. I know that's the way it goes. And I know. Look, it's it, we've. I was just talking about this with Bradley and Nikki, right? Because you know they don't know what their future is. And I'm like, it's it's a bummer because I think sometimes we forget y'all are human beings, right? And like y'all have relationships and they matter. And you also don't have control over those situations, right? Like, right. you'd love to be with the same people for the entirety of your professional career. It's just not the way that the business works, unfortunately, sometimes. And, no. you know. I mean, I felt the same way about Eric Weddle. Right, right. Okay, you know, yeah. When Weddle left, is like, come on, man. Like, we don't want, we don't want Weddle to leave. You know, Judon, Judon gone. You know, when uh, TJ left, but he came back. Or Pina. You know, it's like that. You know, you make friends with these guys. You become... It become family, then all of a sudden, you know, the next chapter happens for them and for us. It's like, you know, the roster is gonna the the roster's not gonna be the same next year as it was this year. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be new guys um, on the roster. It's gonna be guys that was on the roster last year. It's not gonna make it this year. So it's the same thing. You know, stuff like that happens. You know, it's in the it's in the business. I've been cut. I've yep. been cut three times. Yep. This season, <laughs> you know what I'm right? It happens. Right. It happens, man. So, but you know. We know how much we love him, how much we care about him. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's the business we're in. I understand, brother. I completely understand. And, I, and I, I'm glad you knew that what I was asking, and I, and I think you did that exactly what I expected you to say, man. That, that you know, it, it's what it is, is the nature of the beast. All right, yeah. Anthony Levine, what can I plug for you? Uh, social media-wise, the foundation, the whole deal, what can we get plugs in for? Man, right now, uh, I was just talking to uh, one of my high school coaches, my mentor, my trainer. And uh, with my foundation, what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm going to be mentoring two male uh, student athletes and two female student athletes um, in the state of North Carolina. So four athletes total, two boys, two girls, um, just to, uh, you know, let, give them an insight, you know, uh, help them in any way I can. You know, just trying to, you know, get them in college. Because if you help one one help another, one help another, it trickles down, it trickles down the stick, you know. So right now I'm working on that mentorship. Um, I have I have a boy to men mentorship going on in Louisiana from my hometown. Uh, man, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of things, man. Uh, the, the only thing is, you know, you want me to public, but it's kind of like things like this I, I, I would have never probably said. I know, yeah. On my it's Instagram, just, on my right. Twitter. It's your guy. You know, it's I, just things I be doing in the community. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to do stuff and be like, oh, look what I'm doing in my I, community. I, oh, look what I'm doing. I know, you know that's true. Saying? I know that's true, bro. We like we like letting people know, you know, like, and, and part of this is how well I've gotten to know you over the years, man. I like people to know 
you know, what a good guy you are. But I know, I know that's true. I know it's not about that for you. It's just about doing the right thing, man. And, and that's what makes man, it mean so much. I hear, I hear from uh, LaVita Tough. She's, uh, she actually is head of my foundation. Yep. And she gets mad when I don't, when I don't post on my, <laughs> my social media about what I got going on or what we're doing. Because she be like, you could be Walter Payton, man of the year. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, to, these, to these kids, I'm a Walter Payton man of the year. Oh, and that's man. all that matters for me. That's tremendous. You know Whether I get it. In the, like, when we all started the whole computer, and I bought, I bought, I don't know how many computers I bought. I bought a lot of them. For the, for the inner city kids in Baltimore. I, I know that's that true. I know that's true. I know that's you know? true. But then a couple guys did it, and all of a sudden they go viral. Listen, man, and she's like, see, you're the first person to do it. And all of a sudden everybody doing it. And to me, I'm like, you know what? I don't care about that. You know, and only these kids know, you know, and these kids understand that's all that matters to me. You know what I'm saying? That's hey. just, this is how I am, man. Remind Levita, who I love, she's great, right? Remind her that she can tell me, and I'll tell everybody, and you don't have to be a part of it, all right? Like, <laughs> remind her that I'm always good for that because, you know, you know, man, you're my dude, and, and, and I respect the hell out of you, and it, and it means the world. It means another level. It's one thing that you're a good football player, right? Like, I like the fact that you're a good football player, but it means so yeah. much more the way that you've embraced our community and, and the way that you've made this your home and you've cared about us and lifted us up, dude. It, it will always mean more that way that you've come here and you've done that over the years. At, man, it's love, man. I appreciate y'all, man. At alevine 41 on Twitter is how you follow him. Co-cat, my man, talk your shit. Appreciate you as always. Let's talk again soon, all right? Already, man. Thank you for having me. Anthony Levine Sr. A couple of a uh, couple of really good people, man. You know? A couple of between Bradley and Nikki and Anthony Levine Sr. I'm telling you. There's some people that we've been fortunate to have in this community. And again, it's a business. And he's right. And what he said about Don, Don Martindale, that's the point. Like it's it's a business. And you can scream and you can yell and you can say, This is unfair. I I'm not it's the way it works. Sometimes there are coaching changes. Sometimes there's just whatever it is. There's just some sort of friction. I don't feel the need to dive too deep into this because I just don't think it's that controversial. Dick, Dick LeBeau's don't come around all that often. Yes, typically coordinators don't stay in the same place for a decade. Yeah. That, that's almost, it almost never happens. It's just the way that it goes. If you're that good, you typically, to your point, move on. You get a head coaching job. If you're not that good, you're gone coordinators just don't usually stay somewhere for 10 years so it, it's a bummer for these guys because they really like wink martindale clearly they really liked him you could tell that you know on the sideline you could see the relationship these guys had with wink martindale but these guys had a relationship with chuck pagano too mm-hmm. once upon a time that he was very much a player's coach and ed reed would would tell you right ed reed would walk miles across broken glass for chuck pagano right that's spe- I'm not saying other guys wouldn't. I just happen to know a little bit more about the intricacy of that relationship. But then there's funny ones that you don't know about. Like, everybody thinks Marty Morningweg's a boob, right? Michael Vick would do the exact same thing for Marty Morningweg. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't, I don't get that at all, right? Like, I just don't see it because it's a relationship thing. Because sometimes relationships just, that's what they are. These guys clearly had a great relationship with Wink Martindale. But Anthony Levine knows this is football. This is the way that it works. And if I'm back next season, there's going to be a defensive coordinator, and we're going to get to work on the relationship with who that guy is. And, and there's a chance that this works out for the better for Wink. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, the, he, he could have a he could have a ton of uh, head coaching interviews. You maybe, could, maybe, you know? right? Maybe like, not I mean, a ton, but he could have some. Yeah, I'm going to guess that the timing of this had something to do with they knew that like he wasn't. 
I, and I said this last week. I think they don't want to fire someone who's up for head coaching jobs because it's a bad look, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not a good look to be fired. And you know, like, I think that the timing of this is more likely, hey, they knew he wasn't getting a head coaching job, so now let's make the move, and then he can line up whatever his job is. Hey, Charlie, what's up, buddy? I'm, I'll t- I'm going to take a break in one second. I'll come chat with you, all right? Um, and that's that's my gut about how things played out. Is in the timing wise why it, it took now. I also I think the timing wise of five fifty on a Friday afternoon was purposeful. Was let's limit the amount of controversy involved with this and the amount of time people are talking about. It. And again, here we are. Last week we were desperate for Ravens news. We we're desperate for something, and we get the Monday, and we're barely talking about it at all because we had a weekend of utter and complete classic football games. And so that's the priority. It's the nature yep. of the beast. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Toyotas from your local Toyota dealer today. Jeremy Kahn's going to join us in a bit. Before we wrap up today, Sticks, Jalen Sticks-Smith is going to join us as well. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Back in here on GCR, we roll along on a Monday edition of the program. It's also brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the seasonal menu is still available with the comfort food classics, including the house-made meatloaf, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the short rib grilled cheese, the smoky thigh wings with the Alabama barbecue sauce. It's all so good. Glory Days Grill right now. Get your order in and enjoy it for dinner tonight. What's going on, Paul? How are you, pal? Everything everything good? We've had this sort of a uh, just it's been an intense morning. Great yeah. guests. I mean, very happy about the the, the, sh- the way the show lined up, but like just sort of an intense morning of things going on. Yeah, uh, way I'm, more people in the building than yeah, normal. Yeah, you got yeah. all these people out there. I'm like, should we close the door? We got. I, I'm getting texts from friends telling me that we the over the uh, the overtime rule should stay the same. Because no, we have an opportunity to make a stop. Oh my god! How? I mean, like, how close are friends? Guy like guy that I played recon- baseball with. Can we, re- can, can we reconsider? Nah, he's a, he's a good dude. You might, like, you might know him. Who? Um, Bobby Newcomb. I do know Bobby Newcomb. It's Bobby Newcomb. Yeah, I went to high school with Bobby Newcomb. Um, I, I like Bobby. He's a good guy. He's wrong. <laughs> like, I agree. He's just flat he's wrong. wrong. Look, again, it, the idea of like, and, and this is where get, the two things get separated. I think there are people that genuinely believe what we're saying is this shouldn't count. No, of course it counts. The rules were what they were. But in the same way that we know that like people shouldn't be in jail for marijuana, we should know that like moving forward we should reconsider. There's no reason that a football game shouldn't. The idea of and and I'll, I'll handle it two ways. The idea of is all you got to do is get a stop. Is wrong for two reasons. The first being, but the other team doesn't have to. Only the one team has to get a stop. The other team doesn't have to do S. Why? Because of a coin flip. So when you say, hey, it didn't come down to a coin flip, it came down to you not being able to get a stop. Fair. But the other team didn't have to. The other team just got to sit and say, hey, our defense sucks, but (laughs) too bad. We're smarter than this. We're smarter than that. And to say, well, you had 60 minutes. You could have determined the game then. Or, or, it's a crazy thought. Tell me which one of us was going to turn that game off. I just, I just want to put that out there. Tell me which one of us was going to say, well, if they play this game any longer tonight, if they allow any more plays, I'm done. I was watching gemstones tonight, and I don't care how long this football game goes. I got to watch... Elise Cornet play tennis. So they give the ball back to the stop it. Stop. We're trying too hard. Is it the greatest travesty in the history of the earth? No. Is there any justifying the idea that you don't let both quarterbacks see the ball, both offenses see the ball in overtime? No, there jo- is not. Josh Allen 
was in the process of potentially a historic oh, I know. run. One of the greatest performances you've ever seen. And, and yeah, it, but, it ends in the division round right. because they won't let him touch the ball. And, in the, and that's that's football. That's the way it goes. Sometimes it could, like, again, goofy things could happen. What if instead of a field goal at the end of the game, you know, Patrick Mahomes you know, hits another one to Tyreek Hill that he breaks for a touchdown? That's true. It, that, those things can happen. You can play brilliantly and lose the football game. It's just specifically, and this is why it's so much bigger than this game, every game should involve both teams seeing the ball. Let's talk more about it. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, Big Bag Morning Show. His picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Um, where are you with this whole thing, man? Uh, it doesn't It doesn't bother me at all. Like, you know, I, people are going to get upset over, you know, uh, how how things go in, in postseason play. And, it, and we always bring this up when a team loses in the situation they did. And it, it's funny because what, what Paul said is correct. Like, he was on this epic run. The only mistake that that Josh Allen made in the postseason was calling tails. It's just, it's, a fact. it's such a, it's such a weird thing at nine touchdowns and uh, it still wasn't good enough to beat the chiefs. And you know, I go back to if they did, they should have squib kicked it. That was the thing that, that bothered me the most. Um, but you know, like I say this all the time and it's the dumbest, smartest, smartest, dumbest thing that I say is you're only right when you're right. It doesn't matter what you call as long as it works out because yep. the public is, is uh, results driven and not what the, the proper protocol should be or, like if you're doing things the right way or however it should be, but I don't have a problem with the overtime. Like it's it's set up this way. We've already changed it to where you know you, you get a stop and that's how it should be. But when teams score 25 points in the last two minutes of the game, you know the defenses are already exhausted. So whoever gets the ball first does have an advantage. Well, and, I'm, but and, and, I'll, and I'll add to it, Jeremy. The the NFL changed the rules. The NFL mm-hmm. over the last 20 years got rid of defense like that's not on that's not on the teams the nfl said we don't want teams to be able to play defense because it's better for ratings if we don't have defense and so they when you change that they needed to adapt this with it so the idea of well all you got to do is get a stop well the league has gone out of their way to make sure it is as difficult as humanly possible to get a stop by the way that they changed not just rules, but the types of calls that you're willing to make against defensive players, right? Like, they made it more difficult to play defense, and we have to acknowledge that when we have these conversations. Yeah, I mean, do they go to some, like, I've heard so many things that were mentioned of what they should do for overtime. Do you go to something like the first team that scores eight points in overtime? I mean, is that enough? Or, like, I mean, how, how long do you want to drag it out? I watched a college football game with them going from the 25 that went to, seven overtimes, right. eight overtimes, and, and now they've changed that to where you eventually have to go for two-point conversions on consecutive. You know, it's just, it, it's basically just, turned into and, a shootout. And, and, I don't and, think and Jeremy, right. I think this has been the problem. The problem is that nobody's able to coalesce around the same idea, and so when we get to this every year, everybody just throws out 100 ideas, and you can't get, you know, first of all, the owners are the wrong group of people to be dealing with this because the owners just don't care all that much about anything. They're all like, how does this affect whether or not we're rich? Not in any way, not my concern, right? Like, it's just the wrong group of people to put in these situations. Um, well, we have a new problem is that you use the word coalesce, and now I need to Oh, right, yeah. It's offensive to you because I used a word. I under, I, <laughs> too I, big. I, I understand Ooh. that. I just, I, I don't, to me, this really is simple. Like, it's the exact same thing you're already doing. You're just not letting the game end with a touchdown. So mm-hmm. the first team scores a touchdown, the second team gets a chance to go down the field, and if they score a touchdown, either they can go for two and try to win the game, or if they kick the extra point, then they're accepting that it's sudden death moving forward, right? I, like, just find it, yeah, I just find it so odd that we probably had, and people have made the statement, whether you agree with it or not, that it, this was the greatest weekend of football games that we've ever had, um, with these four games all ending on the final play. And that we're still complaining about something on Monday morning. Well, because, Jamie, I, I know what you're saying because it was it was an amazing weekend. Nobody's debating yeah. that. 
But this is something we have discussed for decades, right? Like the overtime yeah. thing is not new. And what was frustrating was, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I, I, my buddy Dave Damashek tweeted it, and I absolutely, literally, the first tweet I said was, there's still 13 seconds. Like, I 1,000% believed that the Chiefs were going down and kicking a field goal to tie the game. Like, I, in, they had two timeouts left. There was, they had all of the field to use. And I, this was not, there was nothing that was hyperbolic. Like, I 1,000% believed the game was going to overtime. And the immediate thought I had was, oh, goody, and now we're going to let this masterpiece of a football game be decided by a coin flip. Like, that part of, like, it, I don't know how in your core as a football fan that couldn't bother you. That it's, Yeah, I, no, I get that. I, I get all that. I'm just, for me, like, I, I don't know. I, I've always looked at it as, I, I don't know that people will ever be happy with whatever answer we give. And Maybe one of these times they go to this, hey, both teams get the ball, and we have one of these crazy-ass games that goes on for, I don't know, an hour or something after the game should have been over. Um, but, you know, I, I know I know it shouldn't be what college does. And I'm, I'm fine I'm with the fine, way it right. is now, but it sucks. You know, it, it does suck the way that that game ended. Um, especially, like, myself, I was rooting for the Bills. Not since Booby Johnson, was it Booby Johnson? Booby's injury. I mean, he could have had the greatest season that we've all ever heard of from <sighs> what was that, Friday Night Lights. But, but, Booby, uh, Booby Miles, right? Wasn't that his Booby name? Miles, Booby Miles. Booby Miles. I said Johnson. Yeah. I, I went with right. the generic name. Yeah. But, no, like, <laughs> the, the point being, Glenn, that – you know, you, you look at the overtime rules, and we knew it. You, Josh Allen knew it. As soon as he lost the coin oh, toss, yeah. he saw the game his head was over. go down, and he walked right. away. The game was over. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, like, it, and I get it. Not every overtime game is like that, right? As you, I, you know, the other funny part about this, too, is that we watched it all weekend long from the Rams trying to give that game away to the, to yep. the Buccaneers late and all the goofy things that happened and unfolded, to the Tennessee Titans throwing interception after interception, Green Bay allowing a block punt to change their entire livelihood, yep. you know, and, and ruin the game for them. Um, you know, with all these things that have happened, and then we start to question what should be done, what should go on. The, the one thing I know for certain is that, you know, like, in, in, the, in the time that things are happening, I always say how I, like, in my mind, I'm always going, this is what I think. Let's see if I'm right or wrong. And I'm not always right. Um, but, but my problem is, is that everybody, it's always factual, and it, it goes back to that thing I said, you're never right unless you're right. It doesn't matter what you do, you're always going to be questioned. So the reason I bring this up is that we saw all these teams go to prevent defense. Like, oh, we can't give up the big play, we can give up the underneath. But in actuality, all that did was you put guys in areas and you run through it, and if Pat Mahomes has time, he's going to find one of his guys open, and that prevent prevented them from winning. And we don't ever talk about it. Like, if you've done something the entire game and it's worked, why all of a sudden do you change it now? Or maybe you're saying it didn't work in this Bills game, but I hope – I hope my point's coming across. Uh, I understand. I understand you know, exactly like, what you're saying. We do this all the time, and we never talk about what could have happened had they gone the other way. Um, you're 100 percent right. Uh, you know, I know the argument last night from was that why are you rushing four? Right? Like, what is the point of the fourth rusher? You're not getting home with a fourth rusher. Just rush three and give yourself one more player in the field to deal with these other guys. Right? Like, if yeah. either you're going, either you're going on attack to try to get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. Or what? What is the point of having a fourth rusher on the field, right? Like, absolutely. I, you know. And then again, a, a squib kick would have. Yes, here I am talking about a squib kick. But what happens if they squib it and it goes out of bounds? Well, yeah, or and then you give them the ball they, at the forty-yard line, right? Yeah. yeah, or they get somebody like a Tyreek Hill's back, like uh, the 49ers use Debo Samuel on a kickoff to try to get something going. Yep. The Chiefs use Tyreek Hill on a punt return to get something going. You know, like ultimately these things do matter. Um, and like if you made the wrong play, let's say you did try a squib and you screwed it up, maybe he gets one shot 
to get it over the line to gain. And who knows? I, I still don't put it past Pat Mahomes. And it's funny what you said. Like everything, there's still 13 seconds. I laugh at those people. Are you guys are idiots? You uh, can't do this in 13 seconds. Nope. The Cowboys couldn't get in field goal range in. Dude, they don't have seconds. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis <laughs> Kelsey, dog. <laughs> like, yeah, it's they got her done. Diff- though. It's a different animal when you have those cats on the field, and that's, you know, like th- that's sort of the, what the NFL wants, right? Like they want it to be arena football in a way. Like they 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 like this because you're glued and you can't stop watching. All right, uh, Jeremy Conn is with us. By the way, the like the atmosphere, you know, because we, we talk gambling, like the atmosphere at the casino. We were at Live Casino Hotel yesterday in the FanDuel Sportsbook, like hanging out, Rita and I were. I've never experienced anything like that in the state of Maryland. It was bat-ass insane. And, I bet the sports book over there is beautiful. Too. Oh, it's incredible, right? Like, it's an incredible. Yeah. But, like, what, what's so alarming to me is, Jeremy, there were probably, like, three legitimate Rams fans in there, like guys that were wearing shirts or whatever, and maybe six legitimate Buccaneers fans. <laughs> and yet it was like being at the stadium. Like, it that's was cool. that intense. And that's that's how why this is so cool to me. Like, so many people had so much skin in the game, but they were living and dying on every play and you're like yes this is what makes it cool that we can do this now like we can create this you know what's funny uh from the standpoint of getting if i take away buffalo from the last two well we don't have to look at the totals just look at the sides of every game from a gambling perspective yeah and outside of the 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 buccaneers and they still could have won and covered or won and pushed however depending where you got the spread like literally every one of those games the spread was entirely correct um, could have went either way um, in any situation, including when Tennessee had the ball last. They could have driven down for a field goal if you got it at three pushed. If it went to three and a half, four, what have you, maybe you lose it or go to overtime and win it. Those were all possibilities, and it just I don't, it was kind of a weird weekend. And even with me, I had Buffalo in that game. Uh, ultimately, was upset, but like I was so into the game that I forgot about my bet, which is such a, a weird thing to say because that's what you care about the most. And it was amazing. It's one of the best games I've ever watched. I one hundred percent. Look, man, uh, it was incredible, and that's all we can ask for. And I don't know what we're going to get next weekend. Now, like I, I heard you a little bit this morning talking about mm-hmm. how the faith that you have in the Chiefs, and I probably line up with you when it comes to that. Um, they just look like a different animal right now. Like they just, they, it, it really does come off like the regular season is just boring to them at this point. Like yeah. they, be- they become that team. We're bored. Wake us up when, when things matter, and, and we'll talk then. You know what I mean? Like well, that's- and I don't know they can get after the quarterback as good as the Titans did. But they're gonna they're gonna hit him and they're gonna knock him down. They're gonna sack him plenty of times. Um, the weird thing is that we don't have any concerns about their offense going up a Cincinnati defense, which is questionable at best. Uh, because I think you can run and throw on them, and I, I assume that the Chiefs just do that. And the fact that the line went from seven to seven and a half really quick, they they typically don't come off those numbers that quickly, and and that's what we saw. The other thing on the Rams have lost the last six in a row to the. 49 so they just have their number and so for whatever wild. reason they play them tough and i i think the rams are in a trouble spot here well interesting well, of course uh, jeremy will get those picks up as the week goes on at pressboxonline.com you can check them out there um how much if at all did you guys talk about wink martindale this morning by the way uh quite a bit I okay mean, we, all right we had we had two separate um half an hour blocks devoted to it today, okay. All right. where the Ravens did the Friday night news dump, oh. which is frustrating. Uh, but, but, you know, it, we, we still got the information. We talked about it today. And um, I don't know, like when my producer texted me that when that came across the wire, I was, uh, I think I was leaving a basketball game I had just coached and uh, my phone went off and I looked at it and I immediately texted him back. I said, you spelled Roman wrong. Like, what do you, what do you mean? They, 
they let go of Wink. Like, I didn't think he was part of the problem. There were, when we took phone calls this morning, I was surprised at how many people were happy with the decision. I, for one, wasn't. But, again, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and if there was a difference in agreement and what they should be doing, philosophy, what have you. Um, but now they're looking for somebody. So the only, like, I'm definitely not happy, right? Like, I, you know, I, I by no means wanted to see Don Martindale lose his job. The only thing I could say is if internally they believe that this, that his system puts too much stress on having to have a high-level secondary, like an extraordinarily good secondary, and that they need to do something that involves developing pass rushers more, I'll listen to that argument, mm-hmm. right? Because I do think it's going to be tough, particularly if they end up paying Lamar Jackson, to continually have such an extraordinarily high-level secondary on the field, right? And I, you know, I, we, we can't ignore the pass rush thing. Like, we can't ignore... Watching Ganeek Ngakwe and Matt Judon look like different guys in other places than they look like here. Um, I'm not saying that made it wrong what he was doing. I'm not saying, hell, it worked pretty well for a long time. But if projecting forward, they're internally saying it's going to be really hard for, we've already paid Marlon Humphrey. It's going to be very difficult for us to allocate a certain amount of money to making sure there's always a Marcus Peters on the other side or there's always another you know, shut down type corner on the other side of the field. I I could understand them saying, hey, as we make our plans for what this looks like with paying Lamar Jackson, we're going to have to go with a system that involves developing pass rushers more and us getting out of our third and fourth round picks what other teams are getting out of those guys. And and by the way, there, there's not a wrong answer in how to do it. Like We had a big discussion, should the Ravens look at going back to a 4-3 instead of a 3-4 today? Um, you know, we, we also had a discussion of the same thing you were talking about with the pass rushers leaving. It's just, they were, you know, with, with Wink's philosophy and wanting to show these, I hate using exotic blitzes, but that's how it's always been described. These different blitzes, dropping guys in the coverage, confusing quarterbacks. Um, they're all types of things. And they've, uh, you know, even before Wink was here, they've asked guys like Terrell Suggs to be more complete players than just, and I hate calling them a one trick pony, but you know, just getting after the quarterback. Like, here, 95% of the time, I want you to pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. Don't worry about it. And setting the edge isn't key for you. You just get to the quarterback. Uh, and, and obviously, that depends on which quarterbacks you're playing against, too, because guys that run the football extremely well, like the two we saw yesterday, Lamar, Russell Wilson, whoever you want to throw into that mix, you have to look at them a little bit differently And when you're rushing them. But the guys that went off and had success, it, it doesn't surprise me that that happened elsewhere. And, you know, if we go back to Judon versus Zadarius Smith, who are they going to keep? And they end up keeping Judon and Zadarius leaves or go back to Terrell Suggs and Adarius Thomas. Like all these decisions they've had to make over who they, who they right. want to pay. You know, I, I think those things do play into it. But I don't ultimately get concerned when a guy goes off and has a ton of success because they might be using him differently. I don't think, and I don't believe that there's a wrong answer to it. It's just philosophically what, you, what you've seen. And, We've seen this for a while now, and it's worked quite a bit. They had all these injuries, and it didn't work. Um, and who knows? Maybe Marcus Peters a, a cut next year. Maybe, you know, there talks of Brandon Williams not being around. So this defense could be getting revamped. No I question. Know some people have used the word rebuild, but yep. revamped clearly. All right. Uh, here's the one I got for you today. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that – oh, by the way, uh, how, how deep are you into Ozark? I have not watched the oh, okay. episode right, yet then. because my damn wife was working most of the all weekend. Right, all right, we'll save and it. And I promise to watch it with her. We'll save it for next week. Same here. Okay. Yeah, I don't watch anything. All right, we'll save it for next week. We'll talk about it next Monday. That's fine. We'll save it for then. By the way, I would have finished it this weekend. Had uh, oh, I, I probably could have watched it, and that meant I would have to rewatch. it. I, I legitimately only, I only got two episodes, right? Like, okay. But there's something that happened in one of them that I, I want to talk about, but we'll wait. We'll wait. 
Um, Does it ruin anything? Or you can, I don't mind you telling me. If no, you tell I, all I'll, I'll tease. Okay. The way the first episode of the season starts, I, I just file that away. All right? Think okay. about the way the first episode of the season starts. And when, it, when you watch, text me, and we'll talk about it. All right. Okay. All right. Because I'm knee deep into Euphoria, which my wife doesn't ah, watch. And it's, uh, uh, our intern, Lil Jordan, was going on about that. Said a lot of attractive young women in various states of undress in that show. Yeah. Because when he when he first thing. when he first sold it to me as like a young person drama, I was like, Jordan, I'm out. That sounds terrible. <laughs> and then he followed it up with, Yeah, but like a lot of really good looking. And I'm like, Oh. Oh well, wait a second. That's that sounds just I fine. Feel like, I feel like Sydney Sweeney's become the girls. Like we need someone who's attractive, top heavy, and doesn't mind taking their clothes off. Who do we call? <laughs> we call Sydney Sweeney. It works out. Well, There'll so. be that show. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about. So yesterday we're, we're doing this event at the Live Casino Hotel, and at the end of the day, uh, Rita's family came out. So I'm going to say goodbye to them. And you know, you put on your big winter coat, right, to go outside, and mm-hmm. I managed to knock over a glass in the process and it shatters everywhere. And you know what this is like when a glass shatters somewhere. Like it's a scene mm-hmm. when that happens. And it made me think about, and this is a topic you and I don't think have discussed like this, your moment of destruction, be it in a drunken way or just something like what happened. Uh, uh, when we started this concept at Glenn Clark radio, Kyle and I were actually working from um, Gary Stein's office at the time. And Gary Stein had two racks of bobblehead dolls. And you, of course, remember Kyle being a, a, a somewhat oafish man. He's a very large yeah. man. Kyle, at one point, stood up and legitimately managed to knock over both shelves of bobblehead dolls. I'm not, it's the, one of the most alarming. I, I have seen a lot of things. I witnessed 30 bobblehead dolls all come crashing onto the ground at once and shatter and smash. And just be like, holy Ugh. crap, that's... Um, thankfully, Gary Stein's a very nice person and was not mad at Kyle and never like made him... He's like, look, these were all giveaways from a radio station at some point. I'm not all that worked up about it. So I want your greatest moment of destruction in your... The thing that... Because I'm almost certain I'm going to win this contest, but then I remember you're you, and so well, I think there could so- be something. I have two. I have one that's not a moment of destruction, but I thought it was going to... I didn't destroy anything, but I thought it was going to ruin something. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this brief story. I was in high school my senior year. I was captain. I played four years of tennis. Um, and I was playing mixed doubles, and I was smitten with my partner. Like, wanted a date her. We, like, flirting was going on. And then... Oh, I it, was a, it was a her. Oh, okay. Yes, it was a her. I said mixed doubles, to be fair. Yeah. It, was, it was a she. Yeah. I was, <laughs> um, I was confused. But I went to serve, and I ripped the loudest fart that all the other okay. tennis matches... It was so loud, all the other tennis matches stopped. Okay. And then, like, the... I thought that... I thought everything was over with. Yeah, it, was, it, it ruined the me. moment. Right, yeah, of course. And then I raised my hand. It clearly was me. Like, I raised my <laughs> hand and said... That was me, excuse me, and she never laughed so hard in her life that it actually gave me an in. Okay. So it wasn't destruction, but the one that stands out to me is at the Super Bowl. I'm literally bragging about not getting starstruck because people are around were acting like children, and, you know, like the Jonas Brothers just walked by, and it's some little girl, oh, my God, I got to meet, you know, like, right. I had grown men that were acting like that with football players around them, and I said, I don't get starstruck, and meanwhile, I'm looking over my shoulder, and as I'm walking... John Elway's walking next to me, and I immediately got starstruck as he's walking next to me, and I walked into a giant pyramid, like a thousand Gatorades, oh! and I knocked 
all of them over. Oh, that's like tremendous. The, the entire that's thing. Awesome. John Elway helped me up, and Igor Olshansky was sitting at a bar right next to the pyramid. And what did he say? He says, nice move, buddy. Or whatever. <laughs> you know, with his Russian, Russian accent. So that's the only thing that comes to my mind. Oh, no, like, that's tremendous. Embarrassing. That's yeah. tremendous. That is, I mean, like, obviously it didn't actually, you know, you can pick up Gatorades. It didn't actually, like, destroy them in any way, but it still, it destroyed the pyramid. It destroyed someone's work. It, that the, definitely The only qualifies. good thing about that is they didn't want me to touch a single Gatorade. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> get out. You're, don't put them back. Just get away. Get away. We'll deal with this problem. Swimming in red G2 Gatorade. Yeah, right. Paul, you got one? Um, so... My best friend since I was 14. Yeah. He's still my best friend to this day. Um, I always go over his house to watch football. And I uh, Over his parents' house to watch football. Since I was 16 years old, we've been doing okay. this. Okay. And I will, every single time I'm there, this happens, this happened like four times this year, I'll randomly just drop my beer. I could be sober as anything, and I'll just randomly just drop my beer on their on their carpet for no reason. What the hell? It, it, I don't do it on purpose. It just falls out of my hand for some reason. It, it never happens anywhere but in their house on their carpet, the same carpet, every single time. It's like this. this what do you do in that moment? I, they don't I, want to install hardwood floors. Right? Well, they <laughs> stop inviting Paul over. Well, no, but they've even said, oh, they love me like a son. They, I they, understand they, that, but at a certain point. They even said to me, they're like, Paul, this carpet's so old. There's so many things have uh, been spilled here because they have pets. But that's not the worst thing. I have a bu- I have a group of friends, and we did ten straight years. My my family owns a beach condo on 123rd Street, oh, oh, right, oh, right oh, overlooking yeah. the ocean. Uh, the, the Valley family, <laughs> you peasants down there. Yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, we're at our beach condo. Uh, you enjoy your Ritz crackers. So <laughs> we're gonna summer down the ocean. Yeah. For ten, yeah, we're we're gonna host a polo match this summer at the beach condo. That's basically okay. how it goes. That's what it's like with our tennis rackets and our and our tied sweaters, right? Um, Cucumber sandwiches. But for for ten years in a row, I, my, myself and a group of friends would go down to the beach condo and we'd have a week of just debauchery, just drinking yeah, sure. and having a great yeah. time. And there was one particular <laughs> time. Jeremy and I did the same thing at the Breezin Motel. <laughs> <laughs> my, my buddy had one of those, um, you know, those things. It's like a like a mini surfboard, and you have it on the on the rolling thing, and you have to keep your balance on it. And you're kind of going back. Oh uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah. So he he had one of those, and everybody was trying to use it, and they were trying to use it right next to this glass coffee table. And I'm like, all right, we've yeah. been drinking. Let me get this coffee table out of the way so people don't fall on this and break it. And smart. Also, and also smart. possibly die. Yeah. The get next ahead smart of thing is that I have been drinking and decided I was going to pick it up. And you know how like, you pick something up and try and carry it over your head? Uh-huh. The glass wasn't attached. So as soon as I started to lift it up and flip it upside down, <laughs> the glass falls out and shatters all ah, over the floor. That's what I'm looking for. Luckily, <laughs> nobody got cut up or anything like that, but the glass itself broke, and I had to spend like $280. Yeah, you did. Getting a new, because it's my parents' condo. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you don't want to know what you're doing down there. Well, it's my mom's condo with her two brothers, and they were already apprehensive about me being down there with my friends anyway, and we did this for 10 years. I had to go... At, to West Ocean City, find the glass cutter, and have them cut me a new piece of glass with the right dimensions, and I got the dimensions wrong by like a quarter of an inch. Oh, and they knew. So, they uh, knew. So, the, well, the Valley I, family was also, very aware. I'm, I'm honest to a fault. 
So, like, I told my mom what happened. Oh. You know what I mean? But and oh. she was like, as long as you replace it, I think everybody will be okay. And I replaced it, and it was the wrong size. And they ended up just buying a new glass table. Right. Hey, Glenn, I, I don't know what you heard. All I heard was, Jeffrey, order a new glass tabletop <laughs> and put it on Daddy's credit card. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. that's not the exact glass table we had before. Well, we'll just have to toss it into the ocean then. It was made out of crystals. <laughs> Send it back home to the beach. Poor me spending my summers in a, in a I know, he didn't deserve any of that. He didn't deserve any of that, though. Um, uh, I definitely, when I was hungover one morning as a young man, I definitely did the bit where I left the, um, went to get gas and left the nozzle oh, nice. in the tank and started to drive away. I did that. And it did, well, I don't know what happened to you. It ripped the hose yep. clean out. There's gas spraying everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I say, well, you can't just get away with this. Like, there's no just <laughs> driving away. <laughs> like, You're a problem now, sucker! <laughs> you never caught up to me when I did it. Did okay, so, so I, like, I stop and realize, like, I don't know what's about to happen to me, but it ain't good. Like, I just know that's the case. <laughs> and so I I go back out and I don't remember I pull I like pull the, the 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 nozzle out of the tank and I, I hang it back up and there's still gas spraying everywhere just everywhere and I'm like you know co- I I I reeked of gas for like three days I go into the little mini mart and I say to the person who could not possibly care less that's working at the mini mart Hey man I don't know if you saw. There was an incident <laughs> to which I think I, thank God the guy said, eh, "Whatever, I'll deal with it." Go, and I'm like, "No, yes, I got his blessing. Sword. It's out. It's over now." Because it's supposed to be like a couple hundred dollars, I think, to attach it back. Oh, really? Because I got lucky the same way you did. I drove off, but I was on. I'm assuming it was one of the newer models, and that they're they they like readily detach from people that are idiots like you and I that okay. do that. Okay. Just drive away with it in. So I'm driving off, and some guy jumps in front of my car, and he's like, hey, look, man. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. And I take it out, and I'm like, well, I don't need this part. You guys can have this. Dude. But I did go inside, and they told, like, I talked to the lady. She's like, well, give me your information, and they never called me. Oh, back. they didn't. The guy, the guy very clearly did not want to be there. Like, he had no interest in, in, in his, he hated his job. Like, thank God that was the case, because that was enough for my conscience to be clean. Like, all I needed was the guy to say, like, uh, we'll deal with it, just go. I'm like, thank you! I think it was Igor Shansky, actually, who was working at the gas station that day. Thank you for coming by. All right, what's coming up on the Big Bang Morning Show this week? Yeah, so uh, obviously we'll be talking about the games that happened this week. More news with the Ravens. Uh, find out if anything happens with Greg Roman. And uh, previewing the games this weekend. So lots of talk there, and I'm sure there'll be more and more stuff uh, across the wire. We're waiting to hear what happens with Rodgers and Brady and all this other stuff. So we'll be discussing all that. Uh, uh, Pro- John Proctor, I walked out of a sliding screen door while it was closed. Completely <laughs> bent the frame. Was drinking but not drunk at all. I think that's the worst for me. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Not going to lie. That's pretty good. I have a buddy. I could put together a top ten list. Yeah, when, right? When we were on one of those beach trips, in the same day. This would have been an I got five on it category, of course. In, in, yeah. in the same yeah. day, he's he's walking down the street. We're walking down, down uh, Coastal Highway on the sidewalk. And he's six foot five. Yeah. 
So he's walking. He walks by a telephone pole, and he's just tall enough that the first peg is middle of the forehead high. Okay, but did that hurt the pole, or did it just hurt him? Oh, it, it well, it hurt him. He kept his body kept going. His head went backwards. Right, and there were a bunch of really cute girls in the car. Right, I mean, so that's embarrassing. I'm not and, saying that's and, not embarrassing, but I mean like purely destructive. Like well, things and, well, that the guy in the same night yeah. later that night in the condo. Didn't see that the glass door was closed. Yeah, and walked face first into the glass door and knocked it off. Uh, knocked it off the the, 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 the rails. That's the play. Hey, Jeremy, I know it's been a half hour, but I, you know I screwed up. Um, you want to say something about Mo's birthday on Wednesday? Oh yeah, it's a, so Mo's birthday is uh, this Wednesday, and um, I know Anne Arundel County uh, Public Schools are doing uh, it's Mo Gabba Day, so kids get to wear like if you have a uniform requirement, you get to wear something Orioles, Ravens related, or purple and orange, which were his two favorite colors. So, and I think a group of us are going to meet up at Jimmy's and just kind of celebrate his night. I know they're doing something for him as well with yeah. um, his, his meal, his favorite fried shrimp. Um, so I'm sure we'll all go there, have some of that, and just have a good time and get together. But, yeah, this Wednesday's his birthday, and then we've got those other talking bobbleheads that will be coming out uh, sometime next month. But it, I try to tell people this with shipping and everything going on. I mean, if you've been to a grocery store, you can look at it and go, what the yeah, hell it's is t- it's tough time. It's tough time. Everything's no backed up. So we'll, we'll see when they come in, but they're supposed to be in next month. Well, I am to understand that I will be seeing you on Wednesday, in fact. Um, yeah, I'm coaching basketball, so as soon as I'm done the game, I'm going to fly over my, there and try to spend some time. My so. wife and I are going to come over and hang out with everybody, and I appreciate it. That was very nice. Cool. Lynn sent me a very nice message, and I appreciated that. So. Um, uh, it's an honor to be a part of something like that, man. Uh, yeah, we'll celebrate the big guy. And uh, look, it, it, it's funny cause I've been thinking about him a lot, man. Cause, uh, some kid that, you know, you talk about a, a kid that has a grip on the world. Like anytime you get frustrated, anytime you get down and I say this all the time, it's weird kind of using him for inspiration, but that's how he always had it and always wanted it. Like, you know, he knew people looked at him saying, man, how can he be so positive when things are going bad? And you try to do it each and every day. It's not easy, but nope. it's it's definitely a way to look at things. Uh, yeah, Wednesday we're going to celebrate. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, it's bittersweet, man. But you know, I'm 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 glad you guys uh, the, the work you're doing to continue to honor his legacy. It means a lot. Uh, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter is how you follow him. Picks every day. Pressboxonline.com and the Big Bad Morning Show every morning on 105.7 The Fan. Love you, pal. Let's talk to you next Monday. Thanks, man. I'll see you guys. Jeremy Con checking in with us here on GCR. Um, I uh. I always have wondered if, like, they attempted to track me down afterwards. Like, you know, if, like, the owner of the gas station, like, found out and was like, yeah, you, that's not okay. And, like, attempted to, like, find the video. And I just always wondered if there was, like, how that went from there. Because, again, my conscience was clean. If, if, if the owner came by and they had that, that issue, they really, you're kind of absolved at that point because the, the guy who's working there was like, Go ahead and go. Well, You're I don't fine. know. So, so the From guy, a legal the guy, standpoint, I don't know if it's that easy. Like, if they could track down my license plate number, like... Well, it might be. I mean, you could find an attorney who could litigate to, to the... I, maybe. I don't... But I was no, also, like, 20 this, at the time or something like said, that. This guy said, get out yeah, of here. Yeah, right? And, like, and you were good to go. I just always... I did that, always wonder how that... That guy probably got fired, but... Yeah, but I don't think he cared. I yeah. just don't think he cared. He was probably for looking for recently. He, this is it. This is my yeah. out. Yep, I'm gone. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tidbit, Tubular, and Jalen Smith on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. 
Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at WindowDepotBaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Uh, winding down because I'm going to get down to the Helping Up mission to, to take all this stuff. And I thank you, a huge thank you to Mike and Ben from Blue Line K9 who have been in here this morning with uh, Charlie Colson. Like, I, I feel terrible because I've done nothing. They're literally, we have an entire conference room worth of stuff. They're packing it all up, loading it, and taking it down. And I've done nothing whatsoever. I've just been sitting here chatting with Paul. Maybe they tried to come earlier, but the ramp was closed and they couldn't. Yeah, right. So they had to come during the show. Uh, love, thank you, guys. Appreciate them. Love Blue Nine K Nine. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Ben. And of course, uh, thank you to Charlie Colson for their hard work making this happen. All right. Um, tidbit. Uh, you know what? First of all, I need to remind everybody Underdog Fantasy Football, if you missed it over the weekend, they did a one yard prop with Debo Samuel. That was a free one that you could have just picked up, played, parlayed that with something else, and made some money. They'll almost certainly do another one for Championship Weekend. Sign up, download the Underdog app, go to underdogfantasy.com, use the code PRESSBOX when you make your first deposit up to $100. It will be matched with free money for you to play with. 
and they've got all sorts of fun games. I know there's only a few football games left, but even after football season's over, basketball, uh, hockey, and whenever baseball starts, hopefully if baseball starts, uh, there'll be baseball games as well. Underdog fantasy football. Tidbit brought to you today by the Best of Issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box or read it all. Pressboxonline.com slash best of. Justin Tucker is our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. So we celebrate Mo's birthday this week. Uh, go pick that up today, the print issue of Press Box. All right. So last night, Gabriel Davis put up the greatest performance by a wide receiver in the history of the NFL postseason. With his 19-yard touchdown reception with 13 seconds left, Davis set the all-time single postseason game record with his fourth receiving touchdown. The reception also put him past Tom Fears for the most receiving yards in a playoff game. I think I didn't know it was Tom Fears. Definitely. I'm a big Tom Fears guy over here. Um, Tom Fears, no one. I had I had to include him in the, in the, the tidbit just yeah. in case... I don't want you to not to get him. Oh, so you think I wasn't get, this guy over here wasn't getting Tom Fears? You know a lot. Yeah. Uh, so the reception put him past Tom Fears for the most receiving yards in a playoff game by a player with at least three touchdown receptions, 201 yards to Fears' 198 yards. In NFL postseason history, six other receivers have caught three touchdowns while also recording at least 140 yards in a single game. Who are they? Uh, I have no earthly idea. So I'll tell you that the, um, the, the furthest away dates are 1968, 1991, and 1995. Everything else has happened since 2000. Uh, Isaac Bruce. No. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald in 2008 NFC Championship game, 152 yards with three uh, touchdowns. Randy Moss. No. Torrey Holt. No. Reggie Wayne. No. Marvin Harrison. No. Steve Smith. No. Julio Jones. No. Would it help if I told you that it tw- the same player did it twice in two different Super Bowls? Nope. Not going to help me at all. But thank you for telling me that. Not does just I just don't remember. I just don't have any recollection of it. Michael Irvin. No. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is a guy who did it twice. Okay. He had 148 yards and three touchdowns then. in Super Bowl 24, and Jerry Rice did it in Super Bowl 29, 149 yards and three touchdowns. So you have four left. Mm, how about how about? How it doesn't about, have to just be a receiver; it could be a tight end. Oh, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> it changed it to Ron Gronkowski. Oh, Ron! Oh, Ron! Oh, Ronnie Gronkowski. In the 2000 AFC, 2011 AFC divisional round, 145 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Tyree Kill. I, I'm no. I'm just going. You're never going to get these other guys. I'm never going to get these other guys. You you might. I'd be, Are these I'd be all older guys. guys now? Um. One happened in 2000, one happened in 2009, and one happened in 1968. 1968. 1968. Uh, 1968. Um, I can't even. I'm trying to think of any receiver that I knew of that was playing in 1968. Fred Belitnikoff. Fred Shut up. Shut up. 180 yards and three touchdowns in the 1968 AFL Divisional Round. Ah! All right, I don't care about the others now. Go ahead. Just tell uh, me. Willie Jackson in the 2000 NFC Wild Card yeah, Round. You're right about that. 142 yards. Willie and Sidney Sid- Rice in the 2009 NFC Divisional Round, 141 no yards. And three Could have been here for three days without me getting to Sidney so Rice. So I, I knew this one was going to be harder, but I didn't want to ignore what Gabriel Davis did. No, I, it was so amazing. I, I, had no to do, I had to put him in here. No question. Uh, Proctor, sorry. I missed yours. You guessed Driver, Swan, and Keyshawn. Well, you're 0 for 3. So you, oh, and uh, Randy Moss. So you're 0 for 4. 
<laughs> I was like four for 30, so yeah. I did pretty well. Sounds <laughs> like my college batting average. God, that's that's brutal. All right. Um, uh, Tubular is brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. Man, we're going to be doing more events. We're going to be doing uh, – we don't know all the day. I, just what Yesterday was so great. I had such a good time hanging out. It's such a cool place. You're going to want to go for Championship Sunday. You're going to want to be there for the big game. And you just want to make sure you get your table. So events, like right now, if you're thinking about it, if you're saying to yourself, man, that sounds like a way that I might want to spend the big game is hanging out and just email events at sportssocialmd.com. That's what you need to do. And say, I'm interested in reserving a spot for the big game. And you can get your spot reserved that way. And then if you haven't been yet, 51 self-service kiosks, great offers for same-game parlays, you know, if you lose, they're throwing you in uh, drawing for a 75-inch TV. Just get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's now open inside Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Here's what's coming up. Totally tubular this evening. A lot of college hoops action. This is a day where a lot of makeup games that were canceled in uh, early uh, January or late December. Loyola Colgate, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. ESPNU's got Morgan and Norfolk State at 7.30. Next Level Sports, which apparently you can watch on your TV, Howard and Coppin State at 7.30. I don't know where to find it, but, you know, you've got the Internet. Flow Sports for Towson, Delaware at 7. The rest of the college basketball find at glennclarkradio.com. Australian Open coverage continues tonight on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, NBC Sports Washington, Golden Knights Capitals. It's also on NHL Network and the rest of the country at 7. Jazz Suns at 9 on NBA TV. USA Network for WWE, Monday Night Raw at 8. Some non-sports highlights. So, uh, American Dad at 10 o'clock on, on TBS. Uh, we don't usually include the Oxygen Network. No, not normally. Um, but the murder of Gabby uh, Petito, Truth, Lies, and Social Media. Uh, that's at nine o'clock on the Oxygen ne- quite Network. A, quite a, quite a well-known uh, story there, that Gabby yeah, Petito yeah. story. Um, and then a lot, a lot of a lot of stuff and things, right. really. But um, not 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 too much. The Gilded Age series premiere on HBO Max and Three Songs for Ben is here. That's a Netflix documentary that starts. Have you watched any of Archive Eighty One? No, I saw you tweet about it. It was. What's it about? So, and you got to give me the quick Cliff Notes version because I got to go help these guys. Okay, the Cliff Notes version is a guy. He's edit. He, he's uh, restoring old, burnt up um, tapes, and it's a. It's this weird thing where, like, there's a woman who dies in a fire. Maybe she didn't die in a fire, but it happened in 1994, and now it's 2022. And it's just, like, this back-and-forth thing. And it ends up... You don't realize when you start watching by by episode four, you realize it's kind of like a horror thing, but not a horror thing. It's more suspense and drama. Okay. Uh, I have to really explain it to you. All right, again, all right, but it's, right, it's all very right. good. All right. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm I listening. Got, I got sucked in until, okay. like, 1.30 last I'm, night. I'm listening. All right, thanks today to uh, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman. Thanks to Anthony Levine Sr., Jeremy Kahn, and you're about to hear from Jalen Smith. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, Patrick Stevens, Stuff and Things. Stuff and Things. Stuff and now. Things, very good. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Exxon Mobil, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage and Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com, as well as my bookie. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great Monday night. Go all the local hoops teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Had to do this a little bit earlier because of his schedule, but an opportunity to catch up with Jalen Stick Smith right here. Here on GCR. Man, it's a pleasure to have our next guest back on the program. Of course, uh, 
We've talked to him basically in every stage of his career, right? We talked to him when he was in high school. We talked to him when he was in college. And we've talked to him since he's been in the NBA. And this season, boy, has he been blowing up for the Phoenix Suns, having a monster year. He is the pride of Mount St. Joe and the University of Maryland. He is Mr. Sticks himself, Jalen Smith, and he's back with us on GCR. Jalen, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat again, dude. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, thanks for having me. Man, it's so good to chat with you, brother, and it's it's great to see the success that you have had this season. Can you kind of take me through? I imagine it's been a whirlwind, right? Like, you know, there's been a lot going on. You get a lot of opportunity with some guys banged up uh, over these last couple of months. What it's been? What's it been like for you to be able to show the country what Jalen Smith is all about? Uh, it's been amazing. You know, um, pretty much everybody talks about it a lot. Opportunity is really is really rare in the NBA and. Whenever you're given it, you got to make the most of it, and that was just my main goal going into it, just just showing that I can play and that I belong in the NBA and that I was, I was picked where I was for a reason. So, right. I mean, it was just going out there and just trying to just prove myself again um, and just prove, like, pretty much that's the main goal was just to prove myself. Jalen, did you ever get down at all? Like, did you ever have any amount of, of self-doubt whatsoever when you weren't getting minutes and – you know, we, I think we all know what was going on with your contract. Did you ever deal with any of that, or, or were you always internally quite confident? Look, the, the moment that I get the opportunity, I, I know what I'm going to be doing. Oh, no, I never let it get to me because I know my abilities. I mean, I wouldn't be in the NBA if I, if I wasn't good enough. So, I mean, pretty much it was just continuing to keep working and not trying to let the outside things affect me and affect me on how I present myself. So, and pretty much the main goal, even though, Obviously, everything with the contract and stuff like that is just just coming in and just doing my job and making sure that I'm getting better every day. No, I completely understand that, right? And, and look what happens when you get the opportunity. <laughs> we end mm-hmm. up taking a huge advantage of it. You know, Jalen, the, the whole situation seems so fascinating to me, right? Because you're in a place where, my God, what a team to be a part of, right? And, like, what incredible guys to be around. And and yet, right? Unfortunately, the, the side effect of that is because it's such a deep team, um, you know, the opportunity didn't come the way it might have been had you been in other places. W- what are the what are the good and the bad of that? Like, how do you handle sort of you know being on such a good team, but knowing that like you know there, there's a problem that comes along with being on a team that's so good and so deep? Uh, I mean, like you said, it has its good and its bad. I mean, probably the, the bad would be like obviously, opportunity is very slim. And you have pretty much little room for error since it's such a deep team. Right. But the good thing is, like, I got so many great vets around me. Like, how many people can say they got to play with Chris Paul and got right. to learn from him? And I just played with an NBA champion like JaVale McGee and just being able to learn and pick his brain. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a lot more good than it is bad because it's going to help me for the long run in my career. Like, you probably, you know, watched the NBA Finals growing up, and then, you you know, you got to live the NBA Finals yeah. last season, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a crazy situation to be in, obviously. It, it just there comes with a cost. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Jalen Smith is with us here on GCR. You bring up some of those guys that you get to be around, man. I, and I know you and I have talked before. I am I, I worked in Phoenix for two years a long time ago, and I had so much joy being around Steve Nash that I'm still a Suns fan. So this has been joyful for me. Um, the Chris Paul experience, I, I have realized that even I have not given him nearly enough credit for the, the true extent of his greatness. What has it been like for you to be around that dude? What have you most learned from being around a, a, an icon of this game in Chris Paul? Uh Pretty much just is the way his mind works when he's playing, like being able to read the game, being able to see how the defense is, being able to see people's tendencies and 
just being able to obviously using that all over all the years that he's learned and just continuing to incorporate it in his game and just being having that winning aspect because everywhere he goes he's been a winner and I've been a winner everywhere I went too so I mean just being able to have that and being able to learn from that it's, it's just been an amazing experience for me you ever like have a moment where you like I can't do you marvel at him at all like do you and I know you're a teammate right like you got a job to do but have there ever been moments you've been like holy crap this dude is pushing 40 years old and look at what he just did oh yeah I'm pretty much every game I mean obviously <laughs> Chris probably one of the oldest point guards in the NBA and still being able to move like he was 20 is it's just it's, amazing so I mean yeah pretty much marvel at it all the time it's insane man it's absolutely I mean it's just totally nuts and it, it's so much fun to watch um, you know, the, the, I know there's been a lot made with you and, and the playing the two different positions, right? Playing the four versus playing the five. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how, how much transition has there been for you? And how comfortable have you been trying to, you know, prove that you can do, I guess, both things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a process, you know. I've uh, pretty much been playing the five my whole life. And then I played some four in college and, and in high school, but that's completely different than NBA four position, so uh, I mean I'm adjusting to it well. I'm just still trying to continue to get reps at it, just to continue to try to improve at it because it's going to be very crucial for my career. Because at the end of the day in the NBA, if you can play more than one position, it's going to that's a lot more opportunity for you, and that's just just something I'm trying to learn. Does it ever, you know, when you have the ball, does it ever make you like think like Do you ever find yourself sort of saying like, well, I mean, as a post player, this is what I'm supposed to do, but you know, maybe the defense is playing me that I that I should be jumping. Like, does it does it ever when you're on the floor? Do you th- do you think about it? Do you change your decision making based on which position you're playing? Oh yeah, it's a lot more. Um, uh, how do I say it? It's a lot more. Like you said, it's a lot more decision making that comes with it. Sure. Because with the four position, it's a lot more spacing yep. and a lot more open cuts and things like that. And then with the five, it's pretty much a lot more rolling, reading, and then trying to find certain angles so i mean it's it's a different it's a different read for every position and every position is not going to pretty much be the same as the other he's jalen smith he's with us here on gcr is he in the midst of a, a very successful season with the phoenix suns uh jalen obviously you know back this way some huge news i know how close you were with coach turgeon and mm-hmm. and and by the way before the season uh, uh, he called into the show and and ended up railing for about five minutes about your contract situation, <laughs> like like you know you were his own son. It was it was really quite funny. Um, you know, how's the, what's that been like for you watching that from afar? Um, you know, knowing that you care both about the guys on the team and the program, but also clearly, I, I know you care a lot about Mark Turgeon. Oh yeah, I mean it's been amazing um, ever since it, um, what happened the day after I texted Coach Turgeon. Uh, just. Just have a conversation with him and just tell him that I was still I was still supporting him no matter what. And uh, pretty much, I mean, obviously, I still keep in contact with all the guys on the team. I get to watch them since I'm since we're on a two hour difference, so games come on a lot earlier here. And I mean, pretty much just watching it afar. I mean, you miss it a lot, but at the end of the day, you know, he had to move on at some point. And I still support from afar. I understand everything you say. Do, 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 you know, Jalen, were you frustrated at all with the way that he was treated? Um, you know, did, did, did you deal with any? There's been a lot made about that. And did, did you deal with any of those frustrations uh, with, with, you know, the, what the expectations were and maybe some of the things that were said about Mark Turgeon? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I truly understand why he did it because um, I, I, I experienced Maryland fans. I know what they are about and I know how, how 
fair weather they can get. But I mean, at the end of the day, you got to choose your mental health over anything. And if it continue, if they was hounding him for a long time, and I didn't like it either. Tried to speak up on him most of the time, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really do much. And I mean, he had a family to look after, and people don't realize that it's his job and that he's not out there trying to please everybody. So I mean, at the end of the day. It was tough what happened to him. Will you still support Maryland moving forward? Like, does it does it impact at all? Like your support for who the next coach will be and and anything like that? It's... Oh no, I always support. I mean, it's, it's my it's my college. It's right. College I went to, so, and I I always support. I don't think that's look. It's tough, right? It's awkward, isn't it? It's a little bit awkward, right? When something like this happens, and and it's you know you don't know what the situation's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. But I presume, you know, you had, a, you had a pretty good time while you were at Maryland, right? Like there was some, yeah. I would like to hope that there was a lot of pleasantness that would carry with you moving forward. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And Maryland was probably one of the best experiences of my life. I'm forever grateful that I got to go there. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Jalen, how much have you uh, stayed in touch with Daryl since he's made the jump and, and he's been out uh, really having a nice season at Marquette? I thought to Daryl almost, i say, uh, like every other day or every other week, it depends on my schedule. Sometimes, I mean, he's he's really stepped up the game a little bit, scoring double digits, yeah. right? Like you know, he's really kind of asserted himself making that jump. I mean, yeah, Daryl could always do that, but at the end of the day, Daryl was always a team player, so he was, he was sacrificed no matter what just to, in order to win. Yeah, no, I totally get that, man. Like it, it sort of feels like. Um, you know, this was an opportunity for him to do something like that, right? I mean, to show a little bit more what he's capable of in that way going out there. Mm-hmm. It definitely did. I mean, that's, you know, and that's all you can ask for is take advantage of an opportunity like that. Like, sort of like you're taking advantage of, or you've been taking advantage of the opportunities that you've been getting over the course of the last <laughs> few weeks, right? Yeah, sort of like that. Jalen, um, you know, the, the West, right? Like, it's, it's daunting, but you guys have to feel pretty good about where you are at the moment. How much has what happened last year kind of internally driven your team and the belief that you should have won the NBA title and that this has to be the year that you guys go win the NBA title? I was driven a lot. I mean, nobody likes losing, uh, especially in the NBA, and then especially in the NBA Finals. If you make it all the way that far, you want to win. You don't want to. You're not aiming to lose. Uh, and then just just having to deal with that that whole off season just left a bad taste in our mouth. So we just pretty much work every day towards to try to get back to where we was. Yeah, I'd like to hear that, man. As a as a Suns fan, it was heartbreaking, man. But it was a it was special, and and boy, I can only imagine how great it's going to be. All right, Jalen Smith, of course, at the Jalen underscore Smith on Twitter. Jalen, remind everybody where they can follow you on tw- on Instagram. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at the same handle as the Jalen underscore Smith. At the Jalen underscore Smith. Jalen, so happy for you, man. Uh, I hope uh, the minutes can continue to flow your way. Uh, I know you guys are a little bit more back together, but I hope the minutes don't go away for you, brother, and, and looking forward to seeing what it is you're going to do and, and that team's going to do moving forward. Appreciate you as always. Yep. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Let's talk again soon, all right? It's... Yes, sir. Thank you.